and welcome to the Inglorious Bards. I'm your delightful Game Master Tom, and this is Episode 8, A Shield with No Soul. Thank you so much for joining us, glad to have you here. If you want to support the show, please check out our Patreon. We have hours of bonus audio, including show commentary after every episode, character leveling, and special lost episodes at patreon.com slash ingloriousbards. Drop us a message on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media. We always love hearing from you. In the last adventure, our heroes returned from the domed city of Salor, where they found themselves in a vulnerable position. Rallis Mining showed the prophets video of them breaking the law on a world outside their jurisdiction. In exchange for recommending Rallis Mining to take over control of the local government, the nefarious company would destroy this video evidence. In the end, the prophets helped set off an explosive inside a mine, and Epo was demoted, kicked off the team, and sent back to training. Will the heroes follow through when helping Rallis Mining? And what is Epo's fate? The adventure begins. A man strapped to a metal table screams as a device attached to his temples sparks. It draws out an essence from within him and feeds into a small canister filled with blue glow. A woman in a lab coat calls out from her computer screen, Yes, that's it. We can draw out even more accelerant before the patient is consumed. A man in a nice suit steps out of the darkness in this terrifying lab. It's Director Rutledge. Excellent. With the prophets helping us shut down the government and getting those damn Cressini out of the way, I want this program ramped up by 200% in the next three months. The man at the table screams again. A woman screams light years away. She points down the alleyway between two stores where a thin, green, bobble-headed man stands over the lifeless body of his victim. With a laser knife in his hand, the green fellow yells after the woman as she runs. No, wait! He runs out of the alley into the busy street. Several cars race quickly by. He tosses the knife and walks across the road, desperate to get away. Several people watch him leave, trying to figure out what he's up to. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! He turns a corner and looks down a busy city road two miles long. At the end of the road, an imposing structure of marble and metal towers over the city. The Citadel, home of the prophets. The green man clutches his side, looks up at the Citadel, and says, I hope you're there, Augie. It has been several weeks, several days. It's been one week of downtime. You guys have been here at the Citadel. Devin, you are walking down a corridor, um, going to and fro some standard profit business when Quartermaster Creve comes up to you. Oh, hello. Well, hello, Devin. I, I had hoped to run into you. I had uh, something to uh, share with you I thought you might be interested in. Uh, lovely. Uh, do you have a moment? Of course, for you. Uh, he motions down a different hall. As you walk side by side down these marbled halls of the Citadel, he says, You know, there aren't many, if any, uh, people of your mystical nature with the prophets. We we used to have several in days long gone, but, but not many these days. Yes, my order tends to be cloistered off. It's uh, something I'm sure uh, the commanders would like to see more of. Uh, but uh, I've been given permission to 
give you this. And he stops at a door you've never been through and gives you a thick metal key, almost like out of a medieval castle. Okay. And he says, you have access to what is called the Serenity Chamber. He unlocks the door, hands you the key, and pushes open this big, heavy door beyond. I'm almost afraid. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm going to walk into like a trap. Beyond is a not lavish, but a comfortable room with lots of dark browns and dark reds. It has some wind chimes that are slightly clinkling off in the distance. There are a bunch of floor mats and pillows across the room. And there's a bookshelf with some old books in it. And it is immediately clear to you two things. One, this place hasn't been used in a while. And two, it's a very relaxing place for you to chill out and meditate compared to the crazy Citadel training yards or in your quarters where Kolsch is asking you all sorts of crazy questions. And uh, Quartermaster Kreef says, you are the only one who is skilled in the mystic arts and this is a place we had created long ago from one of our fallen members and the uh, powers that be have decided it is a place for you now this is wonderful uh, thank you very much I, I do not know what to say uh say nothing just keep up the good work and they're they're quite pleased and that key is yours he won't let you hand it back i didn't try <laughs> <laughs> that's already in my pocket <laughs> And he walks away after some more small chat and leaves you alone uh, in this new chamber. The first thing I do is take down the wind chimes. Hate wind chimes. Okay. <laughs> There's a little balcony. You're about three stories up, so you can just toss them out if you want. <laughs> yep. Go right out the window. All right. They do not land silently. <laughs> Anything else you want to do with this room? Spruce it up? Uh, yeah, I'm, you know, going to dust and do what, you know, kind of get it, like, cleaned up and, 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 and kind of rearrange some furniture to right. like my personal liking yeah sure right. it's a little musty smelling but yeah you start sprucing it up um, just a know, big pile of pillows in the middle <laughs> during the week you guys have been off you've seen Epo in training from time to time he's uh, he's been a little distant, not so much to be rude but just more so uh, he's really focused on trying to get along with the trainer and show that this these philosophies and ideals behind the prophets are very important to him you can also see he's struggling with it uh like why does this matter why would i not kill those five people to save and it's it's not combat training it's a series of hr meetings oh yeah just he sits down like there's there's a very clear ethical question where there's a very clear answer and he just doesn't understand why that is and uh, so it's a, it's been a bit challenging for him uh, and you see he's 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 not excited but he is trying and then a few more weeks of downtime go by everything settles into a rhythm and what would you guys like to do during this time uh, I'd like to retcon a little bit sure. um Kolsch would have, uh, wants to send a message to Dr. Moore's. Okay. Mayors. Mayors. Ma- Mayors. Yeah. Mayors. <laughs> M-A. Uh, M-A-R. And uh, 
talk to him a little bit and ask if he knows anything about the pure glow because he kind of like specializes in uh oh okay the uh, gases which i mean mining of the gases so maybe he knows a little bit about it okay so just like send a message i don't want to go see him just like send him an email basically all right you do get a response after a couple of days and dr mamers says that he has not heard of uh pure glow he has heard of glow and um believes it's just a byproduct of some strange mining but he's never believed it was dealing with char 3 before okay but he has heard of it and it has no known value or purpose but that's the yellow yeah uh globular thing okay. floating around all right it's had to try but uh pure pure glow the blue glow they don't he doesn't know anything about Catherine will definitely go talk to captain valencia to plead evo's case okay there is a knock upon the door to his office, and he doesn't look up from his desk. He's always working on some sort of data pad related thing, and he says uh, loudly, Come in. Captain Valencia, uh, Catherine here to see you. He looks up just briefly at you and then returns back. His office is wood paneled, imposing as he is. I know that you did what you thought was right with our compatriot, Ipo. But I think you made the wrong choice. Ipo has been an important member of our team. He has kept us safe. He has made some difficult choices, but if anybody is at fault, it's as our team's fault as well. We didn't keep him in line as we should have. We didn't help him the way we he may have needed. He is not to blame alone in this. And he has been incredibly useful to keeping us alive and safe. And it seems the prophets do not have an easy job. We are constantly be, be, being put in situations that could kill us. Uh, there's not a lot of help for the prophets out there. So... Having somebody who's so invaluable to keep us alive can only be good for us. Also, you knew what he was when you hired him, and while I understand oh, so it's that, your fault. <laughs> while I understand that training might be required to help him understand what should and shouldn't be done, it also shouldn't be a surprise if sometimes he slips. I'd like to know when we can expect him back on our team. He stops typing away in his data pad and looks up. You seem to have a lot of expectations here. You should have had better expectations for one of your teammates. I have extremely high expectations for the profits, and that goes all the way to the top. That they could understand the position that we are in and how difficult and scary and threatening it is. I appreciate that you put somebody like him on our team so that we could get out of these things alive. I don't make these kind of decisions lightly. And he was on probation and knew very well what he was doing. More so, as of 8 a.m. this morning, Ipomeni Vathis has chosen to opt out of the training program. He has left the Citadel and is officially no longer a prophet. What was he told? Why did he opt out? 
He didn't give much reason other than he said he didn't feel this was the place for him. I told him I agreed. I thanked him for his time with us. And he left you this. And he hands you a sealed envelope. I take it. I don't open it. And I say, well, what are we going to get somebody else on the team? I'm considering it for now. Carry on. Be clear. You want us to continue going into the wild, down a team member, and down some uh, safety that he provided before. I do not need you second-guessing my decisions. You're dismissed. Catherine leaves. All right. Oh, and, and then there were three. <laughs> <laughs> Who else wants to knock on this door? <laughs> wow. Oh. Um, and opens a letter. You walk down the hall and uh, you walk past a training area. You look, you see the class that Ipa was in and he's not there. You open up the letter. Inside is a single piece of paper. Uh, and inside are just three words on that paper. I'm not here. <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> I'm, what a jerk. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go, <laughs> like, pull snow first and the rest of the team. I don't know. Are you, where are you guys? I am in my serenity room. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go find Augie and call <laughs> Shock first. <laughs> August is in his serenity room. <laughs> Rooted in some pillows. It's like the only quiet Catherine place Catherine finds her location downgraded. <laughs> Catherine, you find Augie and Kolsch in the group quarters, and you're able to uh, chat with them. Uh, yeah, just let them know, hey, um, it looks like Epo's left. He's not coming back to be on our team. Um, he's left the prophets, and there's no word if we will be hearing from him or get an additional person on the team. He left us this incredibly infuriating note, and I just pass it over. It would be a style. That is very irritating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I know that he was difficult, and he kill people unnecessarily but I'm gonna feel a lot less safe and I don't know that I trust Captain Valencia to be making the right choices for the individuals I know that he's very concerned about making sure that the prophets have sway in the universe but if we get killed and he continues to lose people it doesn't really matter in the end as prophets, we are to protect the people. Hippomene is one of the rare fireblood types, the wild children of space. They always have to look after themselves when they do feel this urge upon them. It's known to happen. In time, he'll find his, his peace, and he may come back, he may not. But we have to trust in his abilities. But we have to look after each other now. Kolsch, you're the one with all the fire now. I hope you can help us out. I was always the one with all the fire. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> and 
Oh, <gasps> <no>. Fire! <laughs> and Augie runs off down the hall and do the contraption he left on is now a flame. Uh, I'm just going to be like, uh, Kolsch, how many notches do you have on that gun now? 20. It's pretty good. I mean, I'm sorry, we're the prophets. That's unfortunate. The barrel is all janky because it's been cut <laughs> into was, some of uh, It's in the, the stock. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kolsch knows how to protect his firearms. <laughs> a thick fog parts. As Devin walks forward on a road of stone hexagons. Wearing a layered white robe that billows behind him, Devin treads across the road over a small hill. He comes across a line of exhausted humans wearing dirt covered clothes and trudging forward in unison. The people look beaten down and broken. Devin walks past them like a billowing white cloud. Ahead, he sees a metal pole sticking 15 feet out of the black dirt alongside the road. The body of a man hangs lifeless from the pole by cords attached to its ankles and wrists. The body has been there for several days, bent in half, swinging gently from the pole. A dark blue energy emanates from the center of the body and twists its way up the pole to the top where it shines bright. A woman kneeling beside the pole looks up at the pristine Devon and cries out, why? Why? You stir from your rest, Devon, and wake from the dream back in the sanctuary you have found, a bit unsettled and confused. Uh, can I make any sense of what that blue, the blue light? Nope. Mm. Nope. <clears throat> I'll meditate on it for a little bit. And All right. And then go find my, my compatriots. You find your compatriots. You come across uh, Kolsch and Catherine, and you smell something burning in the air, but it's from somewhere <laughs> further away. Augie <laughs> comes in his whiskers. Just like uh, a little bit shorter. Uh, Don't you, go that way. Kolsch <laughs> uh, is watching something on his video screen since he's uh, done doing some of his training throughout the day. He's taking a break. And Kolsch, you are watching the news. This is Nova News. Stocks in technology giant Echo continue to soar with their new initiative to expand to expand beyond the Nova Prime region. Combined with their new business operating system, they may very well pull far ahead of their competitors. And every child's favorite friend, Jim Jim the Magic Blob, has sadly passed away at the age of 243. After giving us years of wonderful entertainment, Jim Jim was found asphyxiated on several chunks of apples that became lodged inside his gelatinous body. His will stipulates for his body to be impaled by wooden sticks, placed in a series of ice cube trays, and served as delicious popsicles to children of all ages. We'll miss you, Jim Jim. This has been Nova News. We'll miss you, Jim Jim. Disconcerting. <laughs> Augie's got like a Jim Jim armband. <laughs> Solidarity. Solidarity. Jim Jim. Uh, the first part of that echo was the company. Yeah. Okay. Eating the last of his Jim Jims. Snap into a Jim Jim. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Uh, another day goes by. You guys continue to be useful here at the uh, Citadel. Do we still have access to the ship? Yeah, that's your ship. Let's go somewhere. It's, um... <laughs> Screw this hanging around at the Citadel. Uh, uh, <laughs> Do you not care about your dream? No, okay. <laughs> 
care about what? Your dreams. Well, well we need to go find some Jim Jim popsicles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, when on the next day, Quartermaster Creve uh, comes by and says, Oh, I have a, a little something for you. He pokes his head into the room and gives you a small box with the official alliance material stamp on it to Kolsch. Yeah. It's a small box. box. It's about the size of a thick book. Um, and he says, uh, this, I get some interesting items from the uh, Alliance Science Corps from time to time, and I thought this might be of use to you. Just, uh, be careful. I'm always careful. You open it up. Yeah, I rip that box. <laughs> inside is a small black frame, like a picture frame almost, but it's completely black inside. And there's a small uh, piece of paper with instructions on it, and it describes how to operate it. And the title of this device is Portable Door. And oh. you extend this door as an action, and you can create a 10 by 5 foot doorway between up to three feet of material. One use only, though, and you've created a permanent door. It mentions an extreme warning. Watch out for any space yeah. uses of this device. <laughs> the door cannot be shut once opened. Yes, it cannot. And Catherine, you are given a uh, small box. He says, this uh, delivery came for you, uh, uh, Prophet Leary. Thank you so much. Do you know who it came from? Uh, no, there's no uh, return message, and uh, we don't normally get physical uh, delivery, so it's kind of unusual. Good day. Bye. Do I look at it, and on the boxes say something like, this is here? <laughs> <laughs> it does not say that. <laughs> All right, I open the box. You open the box. Uh, inside this box, the box is about maybe two feet by two feet, like a two-foot square cube. You want it very, very light. You open it up. You carefully open it. It just has your name on it. It says, uh, care of uh, Prophet Catherine Leary with the Citadel. Inside is a single piece of glossy paper at the bottom of the box. And you look, and there's nothing else in there. Like they forgot the the, mm -hmm. the the present that was supposed to be inside. Can I sniff it? You sniff, you don't smell anything. Can I lick it? You sure can. <laughs> the taste cardboardy. Mmm. Uh, the uh, glossy paper is a flyer from a company, and you take it out and you check the box. There's nothing else with the box. Uh, the flyer, it's a recruitment pamphlet describing the benefits of being a deep space miner for Rallis Mining. <laughs> it shows a picture of a worker drilling hard into the side of an asteroid with a look of determination on his face, and then a second image of that miner chilling with a bunch of his friends having a huge meal with drinks at an exotic resort. And the tagline reads, follow through on your commitments because we'll follow through on ours. Rallis Mining. Wow. Hmm. There's a secret message. <laughs> I'm not I'm not understanding. Oh wait. <laughs> um I take it and ugh, I'll bring it to Captain Valencia. Blah. <laughs> All right, well, with that attitude you're not. <laughs> um right, right? That's what I want to do. Hold on. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna knock on his door. I'm sure he's thrilled to see me. Kolsch wants to go with you. All right, the two of you are there. <laughs> he says, enter. <laughs> um, Captain Valencia, I'm sorry to interrupt you. 
It seems I've gotten a package. Um, I've had some more thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another area you did wrong. <laughs> Stop, you're breaking my will. <laughs> oh, she wants to do those things. <laughs> um, it seems I got a message, and it seems like a bit of a threat. I know that we told you that um, what we came on upon in our last location, um, we were told to do certain things, um, recommended highly that we, um, by Rutledge, that we help um, remove the Cristini and that we suspected him, uh, Rutledge, of doing um, some very bad things with that blue glow we brought you. And it seems he sent me this threatening note um, reminding me that we had said that we would help. Um, I, I don't believe that the right course of action would be for me to go there, but I wanted you to be aware this might be ratcheting up. He looks at the flyer, and what is their commitment they're following through with this threat? The only thing that they said we could do was leave unharmed, so potentially they could send somebody after us, me probably specifically. Um... I don't, and they would take the videos that we mentioned to you that were uh, of Ipo uh, stabbing that man, and that could be difficult for us and releasing it to the media. And you believe they'll follow through with that? I think that Rutledge has absolutely no qualms doing anything that could damage anyone. Then we need to do something about this. I need to speak with someone. I may have an idea. I know your team has been uh, out for a bit, and uh, I'll I'll figure something out, and I'll get back to you. Thank you very much. You guys head out. Augie, you are been you've been spending some time in a workshop you've gotten access to in the Citadel, not too far off from the hangar. You see there's lots of different ships that have been coming and going now. What was a relatively empty, just a couple ships, is now like five or six cool ships. There's a couple different groups of prophets. Uh, but you haven't been saying hi to them or getting to know them. You've just been hanging out with the engineers and the maintenance guys, uh, and they've uh, let you work around, and you have your own workshop table in the maintenance area. So, And that ship is still under my care, so I've been loving it up a bit. Okay. Here. Can you make an engineering role for a general loving? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is where I cue the word fire. <laughs> oh. Uh, let's see. That was a 17. 17. 17. You've been spending a lot of time over the last few weeks and you've gone above and beyond to make sure it's looking spiffy and clean and in great shape. The mechanics around the Citadel love having you there because you're just not a mechanic. You're a prophet, so you're kind of a bridge between both worlds, uh-huh. and they think that's pretty cool. Um, when you are summoned to the front via an intercom, Prophet Stilton to the Citadel entrance. Prophet Stilton. Put away the stuff and scamper on towards the entrance you scamper uh, actually i like to think he has more of a uh, uh a segue at this point oh, okay. that he's, put together. <laughs> he's just kind of zipping around 
Uh, you head towards the entrance of the Prophet. It's big, imposing marble counter thing for people to come in. There's some guards that don't have their bored to death every single day, but they have to be there. <laughs> So I go in with my guns drawn just to liven things up a bit. <laughs> with paintball. Uh, you go in and you see, as soon as you pull in, uh, to pull in, that's so weird, with your little segue from Arrested Development on, with Job. Um, and I've got my hat, <laughs> my little clip-on safety hat. You pull in and you see why you're there already. Your acquaintance slash friend Menmen, a friend that you know somewhat, not the most upstanding citizen of the Alliance, uh, but you see he is there. He's looking a little sweaty. He is a greenish fellow, green-skinned fellow with a bobbling head that's always kind of like in this weird motion as though his neck's on a bit of a spring. <laughs> and he sees you. <laughs> Get the doctor to look at that. <laughs> uh, Augie, over here. It's a giant entryway, right? Yes, he's waving. <laughs> I get close to him. He's still waving. <laughs> still over here. <laughs> what are you doing here? You uh, come to a halt. The guard at the desk says, uh, he's requesting a, a visit with you. Would you like to give him a visitor's badge? Uh, I wave over the badge, uh, the badge and I, I keep talking to him. All right. Uh, do you, do you, is, can we, I, how about, I haven't seen you in a while. We should talk. We should totally talk. We 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 should talk. Oh, okay. Oh, and I wave him over to a an antechamber. Okay. It's the opposite of a chamber. It's an antechamber. <laughs> anti mixed chamber and antechamber. Oh. <laughs> oh God, what have we done? I like that every time that Tom is like trying to subtly say something, it's never subtle. And so I just wonder in Tom's like actual life, like how that goes down. Is <laughs> it always like this? Oh yeah, always in character. <laughs> <laughs> you go into this small side room, uh, just like a meeting room that they can have with any people from the government and come in and sit down. Uh, and he comes in and uh, he looks sweaty and you see he's holding his side and there's some g darker green blood that's seeping through his clothes on his, just above his hip, right side of his chest. I, I quickly zoom around him in my Segway. <laughs> <laughs> it's a medical Segway. It's a medical Segway. <laughs> you, you appear to be injured. Uh, yeah, it was, it was an accident. Unless there's no cameras in this room. Then I hurt myself. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, no, 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 there's no cat. Well, there is that one, but it's off now. And then uh, I reach into my pack and charge at him violently with a very wait, large Wait, wait, no, I'm here for <laughs> wait. You stab him with a syringe? It's supposed to ooze like this. Uh, yes. Uh, all right. He uh, uh, feels a lot better. Oh, thanks. Does he? Well, I hope. <laughs> at least, uh, at, at least some it? serious points. Here. Oh no, <laughs> four four hit points. Oh, thanks. That helps a lot. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't. I didn't come here for that. Uh, uh, can uh, I? How much of a cop are you? <laughs> uh, I've known you for a while, but I don't really... 
if you're a cop, you have to tell me you're a cop. <laughs> <laughs> you have to tell me when we're inside your headquarters if you're a cop. <laughs> what, what do you think I am? <laughs> I'm your friend. <laughs> I, I, uh, I could use uh, some some help, but I don't know. I don't know how cool you are these days, Augie. What is happening? <laughs> um, um, Menmen is not of my race, right? He is not. He's he is a not. greenish, slightly long appendaged, bulbous head on a spring fellow. I can help you to an extent. What if I? What are I, we talking about here? What if I told you, like? Nope, can't help you. Ah! <laughs> He gets booted. <laughs> what if I, what if there was something I did that was like sometimes moderately not legal? What happens if I were to describe that to you in any detail? Would that be bad for me? Or could you help me in some way? If hypothetically that conversation we're about to have, I, I make I make a, a a quite overt action of turning off the camera. What is it you want? Uh, I'm I'm in trouble, Augie. Uh, I've uh, there's there was this job I was doing. Uh, you know how I make things from time to time and do some stuff. Well, someone hired me and they hired me to deliver a, a device and. It's, as soon as I delivered that device last night, uh, and I sent in word that, that the job was done, I got payment, and then a couple hours later, some dude jumped me in an alley, stabbed me with his knife, and I kind of stabbed him back, uh, and I got away, and I kind of had a feeling this was kind of weird, because it was, it was kind of an anonymous kind of uh, person getting me to do this really strange uh, device drop-off, and... And I need some help. I need like a, a place to stay, preferably not here or something. Uh, I don't know. I need some help. Mm. He looks at you with pleading, bobbing eyes. <laughs> the eyes bob. The eyes bob. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to stay here. I can try and find you someplace in the city. You have some sort of safe house? See what I can find. Oh, thanks. But what was this? Uh, I don't know if I want to get fully involved in it, but I am curious. What was this device you were delivering? Uh, I delivered the device uh, to some specific coordinates just, uh, just outside of the planet uh, orbit here. Uh, not too far away from the shipping lanes. Uh, that they I didn't build this one. They just wanted it delivered, so I took it there. It came uh, in a in a a, a level two uh, has wrapping as as well. So I had to be all suited up when I put it in the exact coordinates out there in space. And then I had to unwrap it. And then I like came back, and then I like burned my suit to make sure there wasn't any weird stuff. And then I said, hey, job's done. And then I got some money. And then I got stabbed. Where did you get stabbed? Outside the space churro place. Space ch Everyone gets stabbed out there. <laughs> it's a dangerous place. Space churro. Um, is there any kind of uh, um, 
surveillance that goes on outside the space churro? Uh, you don't think that neighborhood has surveillance now. You remember what you, what, who it was who stabbed you? What the person looked like? Uh, it was some human dude. I've never seen him before. Pushed me in the alleyway, uh, came out with a knife, didn't ask for anything, just started stabbing. And I, I had a bad feeling about this whole thing. I was thinking about even not doing this job, and then I did it. And then I thought they're not even going to pay me, but hey, you know, it was like an hour of my time, so, so what? This wasn't worth an hour of my time. All right, we'll get you safe. Level two. Level two uh, has wrapping. Is this a... Uh, uh, lethal to individuals as far as those indicators go? Yeah, could be something uh, radiation related or uh, biological uh, dangerous level. Um, So definitely uh, dangerous to possibly lethal at a level two that it was wrapped up to protect it from me. And I had such coordinates. How many wrapping levels are there? Three. (laughs) There are 45. (laughs) Two's as far as you want to (laughs) go. (laughs) <laughs> 37 is just pop rock. <laughs> um, I did get the coordinates for that, for the location. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he gives you the coordinates. Well, let's find you a safe place to stay. Are you sure you don't want to stay here? Uh, no, this place, this place, it's got a lot of... Got a lot of cops. Got a strong air about it that I don't want to be around, you know? You got to have some sort of like apartment somewhere, right? Some nice apartment with like a stock bar and room service <laughs> near the park area. A view. <laughs> I'll, I'll get you a safe house. Let's just get you safe. And I will make arrangements for something modest. All right. Uh, Quartermaster Creve is able to help you. He does need to know the reason to enter into the box for the mission need of a safe house for this individual. What do you give him? Um, witness protection. Okay. <laughs> he uh, has that arranged, and you are able to drop your friend off about an hour later at a secret apartment in the middle of some high-rise apartment area that the uh, the prophets have. It's not glorious by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, it's relatively safe. Okay. Interesting. Uh, on my way back from said place, or roundabouts, uh, I tried to stop by the uh, Space Churro location to see if, uh, if there's any Anything that I could drive there. Clues the churro location. Yes. <laughs> For some space churros. So space churros. <laughs> and you, a pack of space churros. If you don't bring Captain share Don, space churros, just be pissed. <laughs> to share with the group. Just <laughs> you. Yeah, space churros. Space churros. I, I can see it in your fur. <laughs> <laughs> Shake off cinnamon and sugar oh, just yeah, bursting out of me. are filled with pointy churro goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to choose slow. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, walk around the alleyway between the shops with a space churro in your hand, um, <laughs> chewing on it as you investigate the scene. Make an investigation roll, please. Most official. Uh, a 15. 15. You are able to see some blood on the ground, but there is no body there. And uh, you check again, there are no cameras there. 
Okay. Is there... Uh, I know I'm not here, just a random question, uh, but is there, like, local law enforcement? Yes. Okay. There's local law enforcement. There's some uh, s- limited space patrols that go around in orbit to help out a little bit, and then there's a Navy, which is not here. They yeah. do other bigger stuff. And then in between all that in the planets are you guys, the prophets. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I return back with a healthy bag of space churros. All right. And uh, uh, essentially, I want to see if there's any way to, uh, is there a scanning uh, ability that the prophets might have access to, to look at that section of space? Not, do you have described the size as maybe a thin duffel bag. You won't be able to pick up anything that that. size. All right. Uh, I hurry back down hallways to find where the rest of the group is residing. All right. You presently. bang on the wooden door, waking Devon up from some deep meditative sleep. <laughs> Devon, you take 30 points of meditative. <laughs> Son of a gun. I told him not to knock. All my points, God. Uh, you're able to get everyone uh, gathered together. Devon has been doing something the oh, last yeah. week or so. Um, he's been doing a lot of research on both Rayless Mining and specifically Director Rutledge as well, just to come back with as much information as possible about the mining company, like where they started, what they're into, their contacts. Okay. Um, and specifically, anything you can find about Director Redledge, like where he went to school, like, you know, political contacts, uh, you know, his personal beliefs, like everything that I can All right. about him. And if evil space lady uh, happens to come up anywhere. All right. So much Make an investigation roll. Uh, uh, investigation will be a total of 20. Oh, okay, that's great. You are able to get some basic LinkedIn information about Director Rutledge. <laughs> Space LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's had some generic management style jobs leading up to this, but you see his position has changed a couple times, and it seems like he he has gone for within Rallis Mining. He has gone for more important position, even though that's taking him away from headquarters. So his career growth, according to investigations, is I want to be a big player. I want to be a big player. And then somewhere along the lines in the last two years, he decided to be in charge of his own place on this remote world where now he's not in contact. He's not hobnobbing with the big CEOs and he's now doing his own thing, and it just seems out of place uh, for uh, a man trying to climb up the corporate ladder like he seemed to be. Uh, And you have uh, lots of non-critical details about his, uh, uh, where he went to school and um, some social clubs he went to in the past, so you can whip those out as necessary if you need to in the future. All right. And specifically about Rayla, anything about Rayless mining? Uh, you, there's nothing nefarious. You just get they're they're a major mining company um, throughout the entire uh, galaxy. Yeah. They have got some other competitors. There's maybe four major mining companies, and they're in the top one or two. Yeah. You had some muggy. You gathered um, everyone. <clears throat> yeah, gathering. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, gathering everyone. I trust you're all rested. Are those churros? 
<laughs> Asking the important questions. I love churros. They're my churros. <laughs> Booby trap churros. And he slops out the churro. Oh, amazing. They're slightly so wet much. from his cheeks that he had to pry them out of, but there you go. Yeah, we're we're rest I'm rested. I'm I'm too rested. I'm past rested and into restless territory. Yes, you're so rested you're restless. I had a friend come by. A uh, friend friendish acquaintance. Someone who just stopped like by. A, fr- really. a friend friend? <laughs> no, no, no. Just someone I knew a while ago. Still. So like an ex? <laughs> <laughs> I don't dismiss it out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> this friend uh, brought up something that uh, kind of piqued my interest. Um... Something of a hazardous nature that I wanted to check. Now, it may not be anything significant, but it is nonetheless hazardous. I was going to go up myself, but we don't have much of a pilot right now. And I don't know if I can fly that well. I can fly. Well, I, I wanted, to give you some, pilot. wanted to give you some choices before we, oh. before we went. It sounds like we're all in. Where are we going? What are we going after? Uh, this is something that's been left out in space, possibly picked up already, but uh, a package of some hazardous material. Uh, it just didn't feel right leaving it out in the middle of space, and who knows what or who would come across it. So I thought I would ask and see if this was something we could divert to and check on. Yeah, but uh, your 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 friend, how does, how does your friend know about this? Ask to not ask too many questions here. Mm. How he knows about it, he happened upon this inadvertently. He usually does. <laughs> oh, I have, I have some of those friends too. Well, I know that when I talked to Captain Valencia earlier today, he's thinking of how we may be able to help with the uh, Rutledge issue, but we won't know anything until tomorrow. Happy to go help out a friend. So a little time spent then. And you, Devin? Oh, yes, I am in. Oh, I will go ready the ship then. The ship, Kellen's Oasis, blasts (laughs) off. You leave the city of Circos behind and enter orbit after getting clearance from uh, control traffic out there. There's a lot of vehicles that come and go, uh, small private ships, big haulers. It's just a lot of traffic that got to funnel in or uh, out to all the various cities and locations. You guys, as always, get priority and you get moved out to these coordinates where this device was left by uh, Augie's friend Menmen. You arrive at that general location, and it is not far away from a major intake and outtake of traffic that the control uses, uh, primarily towards Circos. It's just a couple miles away. Mm. And as you close in, who is flying? Catherine? Catherine. Um, make an overall takeoff, flying through traffic, and coming to a stop next to a small object piloting <laughs> roll, please. <laughs> This is my first piloting roll, so I'm going to use my long overdue DM inspiration dice. Okay, well, that'd be 14. All right. Glad I used that inspiration (laughs) dice. (laughs) 
better than an eight. It's <laughs> it's not the best flying ever seen, but it totally works. <laughs> She's just more of a, oh, wow. Oh, cool. I didn't know. Oh. Everyone's just gripping the seats. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kosha's in the co-pilot seat. All right. I've, I've been doing this a long time, everybody. It'll be totally oh, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, he's just hyperventilating that. in the only <laughs> EVA suit that's left. <laughs> you <Are we> here? <laughs> Uh, Catherine, you bring the vessel to a stop and someone can do some scanner stuff. Anyone go with computers? Um, Augie is. Augie, make a computer's roll with advantage. advantage. You know exactly where you're looking. I, uh, non-natural 22. Okay, total of 22. 22. You are able to get some scanners to scan around and can pick up two different interesting results on your scanners. One is you detect there is some sort of biological contamination that's emanating from this small device. You are able to zoom in and see this device. It is uh, small, like he described, uh, maybe a thin duffel bag, a little bit long, slightly uh, rectangular, almost like a cylinder. It has some uh, power to it. There's uh, some communication-type antenna things, and your roll was a 22. Mm -hmm. The second thing is you believe this is some sort of navigational disruption-style device. It's something to do with uh, piloting and navigation. And the moment you mention it, Catherine's like, oh, yeah, that's why mm-hmm. I that's had it. trouble. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I did pretty well knowing that was there. I mean, that, I think that was pretty good. <laughs> you believe that messing with this uh, without being careful could be uh, disastrous um, to the area around from several miles um, and could contaminate other vessels. And you were cautioning uh, Catherine to w- a safe distance to keep away from it. Um, but you don't have anything off the top of your head that's of what the function, uh, how, who, why, anything along those lines. Um, you know, mechanic type dudes back at the Citadel and all that stuff, they may know more, but right now you don't have anything clear. Let's hook up one of our rocket things to it and send it off. Gulch does not like that idea. <laughs> it's just like, you know, like on the news tomorrow, like <laughs> random explosion, a planet two away. <laughs> you mentioned two points of interest. Oh, Did that was the both of the things. Okay. Both of the things. Yeah, he's got them. Come on. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> you just want to know. <laughs> yeah, what would go wrong? This may have been more than an outing now. This looks to be fairly dangerous. What do you suppose it is? With the disruption in the biocontainment, it seems like a bomb of a sort. Make a investigation roll, please. Augie. Uh, total 21. Jeez, rolling high. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't That's need a sticker. You got it for me. <laughs> uh, you can see as you zoom in with a camera uh, on this device that it also seems very bomb-like in its ability to detonate if tampered. A fact which I assure my crew is not a problem as long as we stay here. It, it does appear to be 
tamper resistant. Do we think that there is a uh, timing aspect? There's some sort of countdown? With the navigation disruption that I've seen on it? I don't believe so. But with the comms, someone could remote detonate it. I think it's purpose-built for an arrival. How... This is probably not an answerable question, but how big of an explosion would it be? Is this something we could detonate safely and avoid whatever its intended use is for? I don't think so. The biocontaminant would go down to the surface of the planet, regardless of the explosion. Everyone looks at me to confirm. <laughs> it has been decided. Great. By Christopher. No, he's right. The explosion is not the big factor. It's the massive okay. contamination of particles. Oh, I'm right on that. Yes. Yeah. Um, but who would want to blow up a churro stand? <laughs> I don't think it's the churro stand we have to worry about. Everyone else around the churro stand. So the churros are going to be all right. <laughs> just, just to be clear. <laughs> we're fine the churro, the churro branch. You can go in and more. extract the churros after the explosion. <laughs> Should we contact the Citadel and let them know? I don't know if we are prepared to disarm or mess around with this device. Would it make sense for us to uh, or, uh, make sure that nobody can get into this area as well? How would we accomplish that? There's a couple of patrol boats. That yeah, we... we I, have, I have some police tape. <laughs> like, space police tape. I don't know. We stay here and we remotely contact the Citadel. We call the captain or the quartermaster. Channels most likely for something like this would be monitored. I'd have to we keep have it quiet. Secret Citadel channels? Uh, yeah, like, you do. Like, like secure you do. comms? Yep. That would be wise. And Augie just goes to just checking this thing out. Okay. You do a lot of extra sensor sweeps, take a lot of digital photos, and some Kodak Instacamera yeah. photos. <laughs> a few selfies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Kolsch gets on the radio, and you're able to get some of the local patrol boats to start uh, keeping people away. They're going to make this a no-fly zone or a couple miles around it, and they're now starting to create a big traffic jam at another entry point, starting to divert not all, but as much traffic as they can over in that direction until they hear otherwise from you. Uh, you, Augie, were sending stuff back to the Citadel? Uh, yes. Okay. Giving stuff, yes. Um, you don't have any biological experts there. Uh, well, maybe. Some of your mechanic buddies have an interest. They say, yeah, it looks uh, interesting and dangerous to uh, mess with. If you could just do this and this, maybe, but yeah, you'd be dead by the time you got within five feet of it, but they're trying to come with some ideas. Uh, there's a request for you to come back and take one of the few samples that you have accidentally collected. You know, just particles that have emanated from it that have gotten onto some of your external sensors. Uh, bring it back uh, so they can check further on it. And then they give, they'll give they also have given you a special landing spot where to go so they can clean off your ship anything left as well. To say lengthy endeavor? No. No. Yeah. But they want to get a, the mechanics and some other people want to get a closer look at what it is. 
I have some of my own ideas, but they do want some samples down at the Citadel. What are your ideas? Uh, use a container ship and pilot the ship so it uh, consumes the device. And move it away or take it down? And move it away. But they want samples. I was thinking one of those like big claws where you try to get the toys at the bottom of the machine. <laughs> you use one of those, try to just like grab it. If it gets jostled, I'm hoping with if we were to use a container, it would not need to be touched. <sighs> just a rockets to it. Slow. <laughs> or slap a couple rockets He's to free. it. <laughs> They're right here, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we go down? It seems this would not take too long, but I do worry. It seems the patrols will keep this area. Mm, yes. Uh, and anybody from from getting getting being able to come over. They're also waiting on word from you guys when to not do that. So when yeah. it's clear, let them know. Yep. <laughs> Three episodes later. <laughs> Ooh. Whoops. <laughs> we bill by the hour, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm all for going down and having the samples taken. So, yeah, taking the samples down. Okay, you guys uh, fly on down. You get priority arrival. You come in through uh, as little of the city as possible. (laughs) They bring you in. Uh, You land very carefully. It's kind of a tricky spot to land, so let's have Catherine make a (laughs) piloting roll, please, as you come in. Good luck. <laughs> 19. Ooh, she makes it look easy. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's like seven or eight ships in the uh, profit hangar, which is great to see all the activity. They have moved two of those specifically, which was some endeavor over to give your ship its own little Ooh. space on the far side of the hangar. When you arrive, there's a guy in a little hazmat suit who comes out and he starts um, swabbing off some samples and then they come out and give it a great cleaning, which you have no problems with. <laughs> Clean the sucker up. We brought it back in pristine condition, but it will kill you if you can hear it. Wasn't in the contract. Yeah, you didn't say. Uh, you guys take a break for a bit, waiting on word. And uh, while you're about ready to head back up and suit up and start harassing mechanics of any details or any any information any science-related prophet might know of, uh, someone you've seen before here in the Citadel comes up. Not a prophet, some sort of employee type person you've seen in the cafeteria, whatever. Epo. It's not. <laughs> uh, not an employee. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a friendlyish fellow, kind of with a um, a slightly monkeyish face, but almost like with this permanent smile and a little tall, and always seems to be a slightly positive person. And this person comes up to your group and puts a welcoming slap arm on the back of Devin and Catherine, since you're sitting not too far away from each other, and says, Hello, prophets! Yes, hello. Uh, you may not know me, but I'm Ollie Up. I'm kind of a big deal around here in the administrative section of the Citadels. Uh, and I... Yes, we have seen you, we know you. Oh, good. I've got... Ollie Up, right? That's right! Yes. Uh, you, I don't know your name. Does not matter. Oh, 
<laughs> uh, Cap- I, I am not important. I wouldn't say that. Captain Valencia wouldn't have sent me to you if that uh, was the case. Oh, by the way, Captain Valencia sent me to you. Oh, that's and amazing. Did he send, like, like, if you do not know my name, how did he describe us? Uh, he described you as the Valna and the Nevi. He says, pointing to Kolsch and Augie. Oh, so it is not me you're looking for, but them? He doesn't know how to deal with Devin. <laughs> <laughs> up. Uh, Devin just playing a little joke with you. We're really glad you're here. Why did Why did Captain Valencia send you? Well, uh, he had some secret mission and I never get to be involved with this kind of thing. And I kind of had an idea. Is this individual Crossini? I'm seeing the smile. No, I'm feeling <laughs> forced to. Just have me. It's okay. our new ethics officer. New, <laughs> and I'm your new assigned. <laughs> My name's Jeffrey. <laughs> uh, he mentioned the uh, issue with Rallis mining on Salor, that uh, dome world. I deal with some accounting stuff. I also have some uh, special government privileges, and I also deal with some law challenges when we run into something along those lines. And when he mentioned uh, any legal ramifications of any possible improper videos being released, I I looked into the issue and I had an idea that that might be of interest to you. Would you like to hear it? I'm so excited. We're very excited. We got you. On Would this, you say you're on pins and needles? On this secret mission. Would you say you're on pins and needles? <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> had my coffee yet. <laughs> yes, yes. Pins and needles. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, I I had this thought, and I looked into the what's going on with their with their legal. Uh, law situation, their government, their triumvirate that they have uh, running it. Uh, one from mining, one from the police, and one from some uh, racial. Right. Uh, and I understand what Rallis is expecting and hoping to gain from this, from your report, and I think you should give it to them. You should officially file your report with here, the Alliance government, and recommend that their government be shut down and give the Rallis exactly what they want. And when that happens, uh, we can- We take over for the authority as the- There's 30 days we can put in a military adjunct style emergency Ah. government, uh, but it does have to be someone official, uh, a, a silver council member or someone who has high enough rank in the administration's government, which yours truly happens to be. So I just need to show my little pretty face there after the government's collapse, show them the paperwork that I am the de facto general manager governor of this colony for the next 30 days and guess what my first order of business would be bringing you all along with me that is very clever wow that is not what i expected what were you expecting oh you know not that was so much more clever than what i expected (laughs) Well, I'm clever. I, like I said, I'm kind of a big deal in the offices that you guys don't seem very much. Do we file this paperwork through you? Uh, 
I talked to uh, Valencia, and Valencia comes in right now, as a matter of fact. I talked to Valencia uh, about it. Hi, Captain. And uh, he's all for it. If, if this suits your mission goals... So in the end, if you, we were to say to remove the government and we are placed with some sort of military presence and you would be in charge, what would be the benefit of having us there? Well, I would be in charge. I could then assign any uh, law enforcement, certainly could use the law enforcement there and then can assign you as legal law enforcement. So your jurisdiction would 100% apply to that entire colony to do with as you see fit. For 30 days. Captain says that might be of use. The captain's behind him, just nodding slowly. This is a very clever, clever way of approaching the system. Um, I think I'd like to talk to my other three compatriots to see what we'd like to do. Would can we just wait for half an hour? I think we can find you. Oh yeah. Augie begins drafting forms on his, <laughs> on his notes. Where can we find you? Uh. There's the sub-basement four here in the Citadel, mm-hmm. down at the 12th corridor. We're past the old former computer room that's not used anymore. Do you need us to bring you something like a stapler or anything? Definitely, <laughs> definitely a stapler. <laughs> he says, all right, well, let me know. I'm very excited. I get where, to help on a mission. Where did we put our articles of incorporation? <laughs> all right, thank you. Uh, we'll, be right, we'll get back to you. The captain steps forward. He was there listening to the last half of that. So, what do you think? Is this going to put us into more trouble, or will this solve some issues and bring Rallis to some sort of justice? I think Rutledge is very clever, and he may say he destroys these videos. I don't trust that he will. Um, He may just end up doing exactly what was expected before and release the videos. The nice thing is that you have gotten rid of the offending prophet, and... Um, there's other ways we could save face if he were to release them. I am very worried about what Rutledge is doing in that location. The blue glow that he has been, uh, mining is extremely dangerous. It would be wonderful to get a better understanding of what is being done and if we can help. I think it is a good choice for us, but I don't want to speak for the rest of the group. I would say that uh, the the blue glow, if you will, is definitely our priority to figure out what is happening with that. As it is, I have personally seen the, I touched my back where I, I was stabbed. Um, I've personally seen the, the negative impacts that it can have and uh, it could be very dangerous um, to a large population. And we must, uh, pursue it further. I know there's a little bit of time before we would begin this mission. The rage that seems to have been induced by this um, is intense and I would hope that we would have some way of protecting against that if we were there while doing our investigations. Where has that been, that canister you guys brought? I thought we gave it to him. Gave it to the captain? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That or it's in my serenity room. Certainly, <laughs> <laughs> You're just like having a melting of the mind it's, with it. <laughs> it's a sensor just floating there, <laughs> emanating off of it. Captain says, well, you let me know. Uh, you know this situation better than anyone. If we need to make a move on Rallis Mining there, we'll make the move and I'll back you up and we can make this happen. 
I will let whatever happens on the planet decide what their government is after 30 days. Until then, we can maybe leave a mark with this Rallis organization or this Rutledge fellow. I personally don't like having my organization threatened. We apologize for being part of that. Augie, Kolsch? I, 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 uh, I agree. Um, but Captain, we do have a new... I, I don't know if you've heard, but we, we found something up outside of the planet. Yeah, that's why I'm here. I got word that you found something out there, and I see there's been some rerouting of traffic, and it certainly doesn't look good. Uh, the initial tests that just came back confirm absolutely everything that you've said. Um, I've got an asset that might be of use. Are you familiar at all with the Ashen Forged? Are we? Um, Personally, I love the name. Yeah. <laughs> None of you are except Augie. Augie nods his head as there's a bit of an automaton nature. It's a, it's a race of people. He says, uh, there's a, a group of people called the Dendus from long ago that created a, a race of warriors called the Ashen Forged. Over the years, they've created not warriors, but they've created useful workers, uh, even computer specialists, just people specialized in jobs that needed to be done. And they created the Ashen Forge. The type of specialist that Epo was, mm -hmm. where he specialized in everything? Mm, no. These are not uh, robots that they create, but more uh, biomechanical, mm -hmm. real people, but that have been created sometimes from the essence of someone else who has passed, but they are their own individual. There is a recruit here in the Citadel who is extremely knowledgeable about navigational equipment and is completely resilient, we believe, to the uh, toxin that you brought in. I think he could be of value and an asset to the understanding of what this device is. Uh, it's the first Ashen Forge that's ever been assigned to the Prophets. There have been police, there have been others, but this is the first, and we we have strong beliefs and backing behind this individual, and I think you'd be of use, so he can help out. That timing was amazing. And joining us in our studio, his special guest, Tim, is here. That was incredible. I was like waiting for him to pop out somewhere. <laughs> Welcome, Tim. It was, too. It's good to see you, sir. Glad you're here. That whole, you couldn't make it today, is so full of it. So full of it. I had to put on an action <laughs> Yeah. I took a sad picture of just your dice without you in that chair. Aww. <laughs> the captain says, here, here he comes now. A dead-eyed creation enters the room. Ooh. A seven-foot, six-inch person steps in with a soulless look in its eyes. It's similar to an oversized human, but with a thick gray sheen across its skin. Far from a robot, but more a biomechanical creation. Designed to be a prophet, yet still part fringe science and powered by a sorium core, this creature stomps in and makes a wave motion with its hand. 
Hey. <laughs> I'm Albus. Albus 47P. For 47 for the crucible I was made in. And P for profit. <laughs> Huggy's <laughs> sticking around his tools. I don't have anything to fix this. <laughs> Hello, Albus. I'm a prophet. Hi. We're, we're prophets it as well. We sure are. He's <laughs> also I'm, a musketeer. The captain slowly slips out of the room. The damage has been done. <laughs> I feel like maybe we're being punished. I'm being a silver council member, and the, they're laughing their ass yes. off in the next room. I'm really excited to be here. This this is my whole purpose in life. He says I was made under the profit, profitability program, Charter 138. <laughs> oh. You're a big fella. I yeah. Well, yeah. I'm three years old. And <laughs> <laughs> he needs some time to assimilate this information. <laughs> so you're three years old. And do you are you just How old are you? It's quite a lot older. He's staring at you again with these black soulless eyes. So are you given like, are you created with like a lot of information more than a normal three-year-old? I have no soul. So no. Now that is about the creepiest damn thing I've ever. I have no soul. (laughs) Does this place burn? <laughs> Just step out of the room. Uh. Well, we're um, excited to have you on board, Albus. What? What are you? What were you made to do? Tell us about some of your abilities. I was made to be a prophet. Wonderful. What does that include? It includes learning how to be a prophet. That's my whole purpose. How, how are you in a firefight? I I make a good. Shield, maybe I think. You've never, you've never been battle tested. No. Have you trained for fighting? No, at all. I'm, I'm here to be a prophet. <laughs> He's programmed. Yeah, much of his skills are intact. He would start off being very lethal. I was made by the Dendu. That's exciting. Um, the Vendu. D- Dendu. Dendu. Oh, okay. So why did the captain think that you should join our team at this moment? What is it that he's hoping you can do with us? Well, from what I hear, um, I I, I have pretty good capabilities that that you guys don't, because I'm I'm resistant to a lot of things like poison and radiation. Those are those are helpful. Uh, we are going to go deal with a bomb. How do you hold up to being bombed? <laughs> <laughs> We'll find out. <laughs> I don't think it'll bother him too much. I like. He seems, I, he seems quite cheerful about it. I like it. your pluck. I, I've never been bombed before. <laughs> this is my first time killing you. <laughs> That's what your insides look like. <laughs> Tell me more about your pain. (laughs) Cry, cry, cry. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sorry, I'm derailing. <laughs> Your tears are now my own. <laughs> oh, God. I, I really, this is the first time that I really wish there was some sort of video moment <laughs> the moment he started speaking or all of us just like looked totally shocked. <laughs> oh, I'm crying. Okay. Okay, so this for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Albus, can you assist us with this? Yeah, that's. I'm here to be a prophet. I am a prophet. <laughs> I'm going to leave now to go ready the ship. <laughs> You're a profiteer. <laughs> He's got his mouse ears. If I understand your background correctly, you are profiteers. <laughs> uh, yep. Yoro. <laughs> 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 Isn't that what pirates are? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we uh, we did like to profit in in the past, but now we um, we help we help people instead. That's very noble. Is that what people with souls do? Sometimes. Did you meet our friend Epo? <laughs> <laughs> No. He's inside me now. <laughs> oh, I didn't feel that. Yeah. Um, Quartermaster Creve enters. Mm. Uh, hello, prophets. I need your assistance with the ship, uh, Prophet Augie. Actually, I might need several of you. Can I get some of your time whenever you're free next? Uh, we are free now. Oh, uh, all right. Let me get my data pad. There seems to be an issue with the decontamination, and we need to look at your ship. Oh, boy. Is this our first mission? With you it is. Yay! <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> the yay protocol. <laughs> what does he wear? Any equipment? Anything like yeah, that? Yeah. Could we possibly get a visual? Yeah. So he has a, does he have a? Do you have a? No? Uh, uh, Albus. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah, that's right. Remember this. Yeah. Albus uh, is uh, decked out in heavy armor. <laughs> um, like an enormous soulless man with like the heart of a child. Mm-hmm. And the mind of a child, really. He has no soul, so the, just the mind of a child. No heart. Um, so. And Darth Albus is what I'm yeah. looking at here, okay? He, he's carrying no weapons that, that you can see, um, but on the top of the back of his armor plate are three little ports um, about the size of, like, a, a, like a, a holding rod could come out of. And so... Um, that's that's where he stores whatever it is he needs with him. I'm going to follow the Quartermaster Creeve, but I'm just going to like keep an eye on Augie around our new recruit. Okay. Because I just don't really know how this might go down. Disassemble number five. Fortunately, he's, he's biomechanical. Okay. It's a lot more difficult to remove the parts. Don't put it past you, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sneaking into the room late at night. <laughs> Don't look at me! <laughs> uh, you guys head out to follow Quartermaster Creeve. Uh, Devin, you're trailing slightly in the group, and from a side corridor, Captain Valencia is chatting with someone else. He calls out, 
page. Uh, Devin will redirect and head that way. He just says quickly, keep an eye on your recruit and uh, let me know how he fares. Yes, of course. He is a bit disconcerting. He nods and continues the conversation with the other person. <laughs> okay, nice <laughs> chat. <laughs> we'll in the hangar. Uh, Augie, you see there are maintenance guys that are spraying uh, Kellen's Oasis and foamy stuff and sweeping. They've got little hazmat suits on. And Creve is the uh, quartermaster. Creve uh, puts one on and motions for you to do the same, uh, Augie. Augie certainly does. Says, uh, yeah, there's an issue slightly with the contamination. Uh, might take a little bit of time to clean, and since they're cleaning, and that reminded me, I think it's time for a an inspection. I haven't done one in a bit, and your name is on here. But I don't think it's fair for only uh, you to have to maybe do some additional cleaning or help with this additional scrubbing, and so your friends can wait and deal with the results themselves. Oh, yes, absolutely. He gets his clipboard out, starts going through all the different checklist components that are on there. <laughs> I have a question. Yes. Purify zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I can filter out any airborne toxins. Would that be beneficial in this situation? No, not at this point. Okay. I'm going to uh, look at Augie, and just in case, I'm going to say, you've been doing a really amazing job keeping this ship together. And I'm just going to give him an inspiration die just right. in case. <laughs> I am ready for this inspection. <laughs> you walk aboard the ship in your hazmat suits and Quartermaster Creeve is just, mm-hmm, yes, well, that looks good. Oh, excellent. Yes, we, we took great pains to make sure. Why does it smell like bean husks in this vent? It's part of the... the aromatherapy we've been doing. <laughs> of course. Uh, he seems very pleased. You made a, a good cleaning roll uh, just a little bit ago, so that applies. Oh. And, oh, very, very good. Oh, it seems relatively charged up and takes about a 45-minute process, and he seems overall pleased. Says, all right. You uh, walk outside, and he asks the maintenance guys, uh, how much longer? And they say, probably two, three hours. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll have to advance things a little quicker. And the two of them take off their little hazmat suits and comes over to the group of Devin, Kolsch, Catherine, and Albus. And says, well, good news. The inspection uh, came off very well. And if you just sign here, the ship is returned back to service of the embassy. <sighs> and he hands the data pad to you, Augie. Uh, very eagerly and gingerly applies his paw print to remove the other paw print. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of red tape is very disturbing. He's got, he's giving you A plus all across Woo! the board, across everything wow. on there. And he says, I've been working quite some time to get you your own ship. And I have uh, been able to find uh, such a vessel and have been working on it the last uh, month, trying to get everything in tip top shape. And uh, it's, about good a time as any, so you don't have to wait on all this decontamination. Uh, this way. And he takes you over towards where all those other ships are parked that the prophets brought in. I'm excited and scared about this moment. Is a, is a, is a segue inappropriate at this moment? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. I walk with everyone else. <clears throat> he takes you over towards a, a bunch of different vessels and stops before an interesting, strong-looking one. Interesting. Mm. 
you see before you the NAN 5811 Vesper is her name. She's an older ship past her prime. The contours to her design and arrangement of her engines are from a style decades ago, but you can tell she was a powerful ship, the best of the best back in the day. She has a slender body that resembles a hawk racing in for the kill. She has four engines, two on each side. Each pair of engines is attached to a heavy rotating arm. This allows her to rotate the engines so they both face rearward, one above the other for maximum speed, or they can be rotated so that both engines are parallel on the body facing downwards for landing. You actually land on the engines themselves. She is covered in faded white, worn down by time with some dark yellow highlights uh, throughout. There's a little picture. Oh, pretty. Just a rough idea. Not 100%, but that's a rough idea. Reinforced. Augie has something akin to anime eyes that okay. are all big and, <laughs> and watery. <laughs> so does Albus. <laughs> Reinforced that's plating is attached to critical areas around the vessel with strength and antennas bristling out to gather vital data. On top of the ship is her teeth. An 18MR rail bolter, a yeah. long-range cannon. Yes. Colch's eyes go big. <laughs> uh, this cannon's known more for its heavy damage and long range than its ability to track targets. Beneath the ship, four short weapon barrels stick out of a rotating yes. turret. It's a quad gatling able to defend the ship by blasting a hail of energy particles at any enemies within range. Resting on the ground, she gives the impression of an old, sleek panther hunkered in the grass, ready to pounce. Vesper is battle-ready and looks eager to fly, and she's all yours as Quartermaster Creve gives you the security cards to access her. I'll send for that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Augie goes up and then just walks up to him, ready to take paperwork, but can't resist himself and just hugs the hugs quartermaster. <laughs> he smiles, quartermaster Chris smiles. He says, this is official uh, material of the prophets. There's no signing. There's no embassy or third party to report to. Do your best to keep her in shape. If not, fix her. This is great, quartermaster. Thank you. It's taken a while. Sorry it took so long, but I think this should serve you well. This is wonderful. Thank you so much. Yes, this is a beautiful ship. Thank you. Uh, Devin, as you uh, see the ship and start to approach it, you see there's a crane uh, that's attached to the ceiling that's lowering a metal box down through an open compartment uh, in the ship. You initially think it's cargo of some type until you see a bright, shining light through several openings in the crate. The Cerulean Sphere. Thick, high-tech cables hang off the box that engineers carefully help get inside the vessel. Am I right in believing that's the Cerulean Sphere? Uh, make a... I don't know. Roll? <laughs> well, just roll. You can make fail. a roll. <laughs> Uh, 17. It's a Cerulean Sphere. Ah! <laughs> uh, it's in a whole new container you've never seen before. The l- You can see the light just moving slightly, so maybe once a slight, it's maybe a, a coffin-sized metal it's box. It's the same sphere we have. You, you, can't, you can just see okay. light emanating, but then it it's, tends to move, and uh, the light comes out of the corner that is closest to Devon. Devon hugs Quartermaster Kreef. <laughs> as well. <laughs> he says, yes, 
Well, this was one of the reasons it was taking the longest time. We've came across the very hard to find Serlon sphere. You did actually. And I'm going to try and experiment and attach it into this ship and see if it can help uh, in some way. The ship explodes. (laughs) (laughs) TPK. Just, we're not going to name it HAL 2000 or anything like that. Um, Uh, Augie is clambering around one of the innards of one of the engines and just kind of checking things out. All right. Now just going through it and, oh my God, it has one of these. Yeah, (laughs) Devin's heading straight towards the, wherever Um, the Saralons. Kolsh is checking out the weapons. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Albus is just standing there. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, Albus is just standing there. That's chewing Catherine on the ship. is also really excited about those ship weapons, yeah. but um, just going to look at Quartermaster Keeve and just say, hey, um, it turns out we've been in situations more recently that require us to defend ourselves through firearms, and I don't feel very well equipped at the moment. Where do you suggest I go in Citadel to go find myself something with a little bit more power? Uh, that would come through me uh, when it's been assigned to you, but this here has kind of spent the budget quite a bit for your team. I have so. 282 credits. <laughs> Is there anything I can get? He says, uh, it's not a matter of purchasing, and if <clears throat> anyone has uh, less than 200, I can certainly uh, set you up again on your accounts. <laughs> I, I think that's me. <laughs> He seems hesitant to give me money. <laughs> of of Don't course. Don't put it all in one place. Of course. Uh, here, and he takes his pad out and creates a little card and hands you this little credit card ID thing. Thank you, quartermaster. I'm a prophet. You can trust me. Yes. <laughs> oh no. Um, just are there are there bright shiny objects on the ship? Should we provide anything in particular? <laughs> That's up to you. <laughs> We need a, a robot mobile. <laughs> it's just something to keep them distracted. Yeah. Augie, the engines look uh, great, strong. They've uh, they've been changed uh, once in the uh, history of this vehicles. They're not new, but they're, they're very beefy and powerful. You think in an emergency situation, this sucker can lift off insanely fast. Augie will not be testing that out right now. <laughs> Uh, Devin, you were looking around the Serilon Sphere. Oh, yeah. There are a bunch of maintenance guys that are trying to attach it, and it is hidden within the depths of the engineering. No, no, hidden kind of near the top section where there's a bunch of electronics, and it's behind walls, and there's big, thick cables attaching to it, and they're essentially connecting this thing to the computer network so we can have some sort of interaction with the ship itself. Okay. Um, I mean... Devin wants to like as close as he can get to it. All right, you get on your uh, your belly, kind of like a car mechanic, and slide uh, where the mechanics are at, and you're right next to the box. And the light again seems to uh, move slightly to your side of it. Uh, and Devin will just kind of send out kind of like calm, meditative thoughts. Um, just you know, just kind of for whatever purpose. Um, just being very calm and relaxed and meditative and aware and, you know, All right. to calm the sphere, if you will. You think you might have some minor effect on doing that. One of the mechanics says to another as they're installing, 
Uh, you ever uh, seen anything like this before? The other one says, no. I heard of uh, uh, one of the cartel ships had a sphere installed, uh, but uh, I've never done one myself. Okay, let's plug it in. <laughs> they attach the last cable and the power goes out from the ship for just a moment and then it restores and um, you don't see much of a difference. Uh, but the the light of that was falling you, Devin, is now more centralized inside its box. Okay. Um, so it's interfacing with the computer sort of thing? Is that what's... You don't know. I will seek one of the engineers. That's... There's one within breathing distance lying on his back right next to you. Devin will turn it. So how is this interfacing exactly? Well, the, we've pulled some reports from other uh, ships that have done this in the past, and it says the Ceralon Sphere is able to provide a faster speed, faster reaction time, able to uh, possibly help with piloting, but it's not a controlled program of any kind. Um, I'd recommend your pilot just spend some time uh, getting familiar with the controls so they don't feel like they're fighting anything. It, what is the... What are you connecting this sphere to? Like uh, with the Oh, it's the wings? entire ship. Understood. <laughs> okay. As one engineer is applying just gobs of thermal paste to the thing. It can get hot. <laughs> uh Albus has just been walking around the ship, just kind of looking it up and down. Um and after he finishes his rounds, almost like a pre-flight, but he's not, like, touching anything. He's just right. looking. Um, and walks on board after that and starts kind of moseying around the inside of the ship. All right. You mosey on inside. Inside a similar uh, paint scheme. Kind of crouched, probably. You crouched a little bit, yeah. Uh, you are very tall. Uh, there are some uh, crew quarters. There's quarters for each of you to have your own small room. And there are two more rooms beyond that if you need to take anyone on board. There's a very cramped galley. Uh, there is a really another cramped room that's set aside for um, med bay type stuff. Uh, there's a drift drive on board, obviously. And Kolsch, you were taking a look at some of the weaponry. I have a couple questions. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm assuming the railgun is probably like high velocity, so where it doesn't need ammunition. Correct. What about the Gatlin, the quad Gatlin? Does not require ammunition. Okay. Uh, good. And then, as far as there uh, an escape pod, just just uh, for for our information, Augie's <laughs> already in it. Right? <laughs> I know if there is one, <laughs> there is no escape pod. There is a, a sizable cargo hold in the back, but We're it's good. empty. This is awesome! I'm this so excited. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How as far as the weapons are, are like the, the I'm imagining the quad like the Millennium Falcon like a little like you're manually shooting or is it all centralized uh, both of them a person climbs into the okay. turret area and they're in control of that uh, someone else can control it remotely but then you're going to be at disadvantage so okay. it's far better to be uh connected inside uh the top one i think has about 30 or 40 percent more range than the bottom one the mm -hmm. railgun at the top has more range it does more damage but it's harder to hit with Whereas the one on the bottom's a little bit easier to hit with, has much less range and less damage. Um, and that's the concept behind it. Yeah, and it fires out these quad little guns, just this yeah. anti-air barrage against any target that gets, let's say, within medium range, preferably short range, is where you're going to okay. do 
more accurately it's... hit. <laughs> the type of the ship is called a Vesper. That's the name of the ship. Of that the is ship. the name. Yes. Okay. So NAN5811. Correct. But it does not have that identifier on it. It just has Vesper. Vesper. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the uh, uh, Nova Alliance Navy identifier. So that way you guys can transpond whatever true or not true ID you want. Is Devin goes through the crew quarters. Is there a... Meditative chamber with a big door? And <laughs> is there a... One of the quarters closer to where the Ceralon sphere is to the others? Yep. Um, Devin will put his um, beads uh, <laughs> <laughs> for his door okay. right there and just claim that right off the bat. Okay. And then we'll also kind of fire up the computer and, like, See if that like like there's any direct interaction. It asks a question. Want to play a? (laughs) (laughs) What is my purpose? (laughs) Augie, you have spent some time in the engineering section and are making some tweaks. There's nothing wrong with it, but you're like, "Ah, I need this kind of power output if we're going to be dealing with this kind of a thread. And you kind of know some anticipated situations. Make an engineering role for the overall benefit you provide to the ship. You have my inspiration dice. That's probably a good idea. It only takes 10 minutes anyway. You only have it for 10 minutes. It might be dead already then. Yeah, it's dead. It's past 10 minutes. Sorry. Damn, that was a good number. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't think we want to fly this. (laughs) <laughs> what did you roll? A natural one. A natural one. You have provided no benefit with your tweaking. You're just over-tweaking and over-tweaking and over-tweaking, and you're making things a little bit more challenging. Arguing with the Ceralon sphere. <laughs> <laughs> and the... <laughs> what do you mean you need more mana? <laughs> the next two rolls based off of the ship will be uh, with a negative d4 added to them <laughs> uh regardless of who makes that roll correct okay wow All right. so Augie, if you can keep track of that penalty <laughs> i'll do my best <laughs> uh, i'm gonna just call up out to albus i'm gonna look for him and say hey albus um you're three in the last three years have you learned how to fly a plane maybe maybe he's not really good enough um, should I be flying this plane? I can probably do it. I'm going to stick with me flying it then because I know I can. Probably makes me pretty nervous there. Albus. Natural one. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Painted yourself in a corner there, didn't you? <laughs> pretty, pretty sure I could do a better job than you. Oh! <laughs> Roll wow. Catherine steps back and gives him a look up and down. He heads it takes towards, a while, he's so tall. <laughs> he starts heading towards the cockpit. All right. Takes you a while to find it, but you do. <laughs> it's over, No, it's over that. It's over. The other end of the ship. <laughs> gives her the same look. It's still better than you. <laughs> I am going to hover. Like, okay. Just like any time. Helicopter mom. Like any time he does anything i'm gonna do that thing that like parents do the first time their kids drive and like grabs like the handle of the door and like me like grab his arm if anything goes wrong it's just gonna be like constantly like looking and seeing 
You see, as soon as he sits down, there's this instant, okay, this, flip, 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 here, flip, flip, flip. He pulls the manual out of where it exactly should be. Everything, he's just flowing naturally. Tosses the manual away. <laughs> but everything's perfect until there's something that was, like, added after the fact. Like, there's a different type of yoke or something or control input, and then he has to stop and think about it, and then he, like, touches it and jiggles it awkwardly <laughs> for a bit, and then he kind of figures it out. Then he goes back, and everything that's where it's supposed to be is just, he knows it inside that's and it. out. <laughs> Yep, and by the way, getting into the seat, he has to kind of, like, wedge himself into the pilot seat. <laughs> the bridge is much more involved than your last ship, which had just one giant plush leather seat. This one has room for a communications person at a communications console, has a sensors console, has some extra just jump seat type things in the back, so you can all be in the bridge if necessary. Um, and what would you guys like to do? Uh, Kolschmitz to pull, uh, like, maybe as we're, like, picking our quarters or whatever, uh, Kolschmitz to talk to Catherine. Um, Cat, Cat, Catherine, I, uh, when you're at, what, what, I heard, overheard your conversation with the quartermaster, what exactly are you looking for? Like, weaponry, you just want a better weapon? I just want a better weapon, man. It, it seems like I can't rely on just talking about all these situations, and... I'm getting a little bit nervous that we're going to end up in another um, fight against these red claws where almost everybody goes down and it's just me and I can't do much with my current small pistol. So far, the quartermaster has been helpful, but unhelpful at things as well. I've requested uh, some some other weaponry as well, and so far I haven't seen it, but uh, and I uh, pull out my heavy pistol and I offer it. You can, you can borrow this until you get something better. I don't uh, use it much, not not uh, carrying my rifle. Thank you. It's, I really appreciate that, Kolsch. It's very generous. And if you need it back, just let me know. And maybe uh, we can circumnavigate uh, the quartermaster and find something on more of a black market situation if need be. I think it's just, you know, finding opportunities. I like that. <laughs> I'm really excited to be uh, back at the vehicle weapons with you, buddy. It's been a little Yeah, while. you want top bunk or bottom bunk? We have a rail <laughs> rifle Man. and uh, quad, uh, quad guns. Well, I, like, I know that you like when big cannons go boom, but, you know, it's really you tell me what you where you want me to go. I trust your expertise. Why don't you take the cannon? Okay. I'll take the little guns. Perfect. All right. Uh, on that matter, uh, Augie has taken to uh, having his living quarters in the uh, lower hamster ball. Okay, there is... <laughs> no! In the... In the, <laughs> the, so, so there's, the good news is there's an extra crew quarters available now. <laughs> yeah. And now the lower ball that you fire out of with the quad cannon... Oh, yeah, no, I'm constantly working. That's not, not going to be a problem. There's stuff in there. There's blankets. There's some... Um, Blow up pillow of a robot just... in there. <laughs> Physically lift August out. There's there's way too many snacks <laughs> hidden in different sections. Well, I'm fine with the snacks. Space are great. <laughs> yeah. There's space spiral dust, dust all over everywhere. the weapon controls. You see paw prints of the dust all over the computer screen. August. <laughs> I have to sleep somewhere. There's a bed. There's a whole room. You can take the bed out even in. The nest in the corner 
He scurries away. If, we're, if we get in trouble, we're going to need these guns. <laughs> uh, August will scurry out of there and, and try to find something else. All right. Eat. He finds the upper hamster paw. <laughs> <laughs> are we going? Are, are we We're going? Already. Are we supposed to be going? Where are we going? Were we given information? Where are we supposed to go and deal I th- with? I think we, we, we now have a crew member who can deal with uh, uh, the situation up there. We should there. strap a couple rockets on Albus. This, the <laughs> rockets are right here, and I show them where, you, where I show you where they're at. <laughs> Get him out of space. Would, you would be able to get a lot closer than I would, or any of us would. Yeah, we would. We would be no good. All right. Well, let's go see if we can help. But who's flying? Are you flying? I've been told that I am not needed. I'll be very curious to see how this goes. There's a co-pilot chair. I want to watch. Oh, I am August in the co-pilot chair. August scampers to the front of the. All right. Astrophysics. Yes. Does anything for sensors or computer, like like anything on this ship relevant to that? It's astrophysics? Yeah. Uh, sensors might use astrophysics or computers based on the target. Okay. Yeah. I'm not a pilot, so I'm asking this. How's piloting determined? <laughs> uh, it's the vehicle proficiency, if you have it. If you have it. Okay. Uh, then it's plus two, your proficiency, and then your dexterity modifier. Got it. Thank you. Um, yeah, I guess I'll take up the sensor. Okay. Spot. You do. You have to kick Augie out of that seat as well. Ah, I can't sleep anywhere. And <laughs> <laughs> you're there. Uh, Albus, you've got the engines fired up and they sound loud and fantastic. Mm. Uh, there is it, it. There's a bit of an uh, unsettling rumble, but then there's just this low th- uh, um, rumbling throughout the whole ship that just feels... Feels good. Albus's eyes roll back in ecstasy, but you can't tell. (laughs) (laughs) It's the other side of the eight ball. And you take off. Uh, Albus, make an overall... You guys are flying towards the device again. Am I hearing that correct? Yes. Yes. All right. Albus, you take off and head towards that direction. Make a piloting roll. You get advantage because you are following everything to the letter. However, there's this strange power shimmy from engineering giving you a negative four to the roll. (laughs) Not a minus four, a minus D4, right? Oh, (laughs) no. (laughs) Doesn't matter. And then subtract a D4 as well. (laughs) We're going into negatives. (laughs) It's a zero. <laughs> a total of a zero. With, with advantage. And then you add your modifier. Five. Five. Ooh. Oh, Catherine is already trying to kick him out. It's <laughs> like, nope, nope, we're going to, come on, buddy. <laughs> you take off, you, uh, you, your takeoff is fine, although it lurches <laughs> off a little high. You almost hit the ceiling of the hangar. You fly out. And then, uh, more frustrating than ever, it's taking way too long because he's taking the last position in the exit lane to go out behind like 48 other vehicles. There's something that, wrong with these controls. You've got to, you've got to go where we are allowed to go forward. Just go to like go the, zipper, t- man. Go to the Zerp- beginning. Just go to the beginning. We're, Turn we're the not, sirens on. We're not responding. Everyone we're shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Let him fly. He emerge like a zipper, like a zipper. <laughs> This is not how it's supposed to be. Like a zipper. Episode (laughs) name. Catherine is going to like try to like take, like, I'm going to like 
go for the wheel or whatever. You can try. Yeah, I mean, it's just gonna. All right, make athletics versus athletics rolls. Already fighting. He keeps getting bigger. He was seven before. Was it athletics? Athletics. 19. 21. Oh, there's a huge battle royale <laughs> of pulling and trying to wedge herself into the sea. It's not and- appropriate. You're making things worse. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Augie's panicking, running up onto the dashboard, running through there. And in the end, you do arrive. Unfortunately, you can tell that due to the sound as there's a gentle funk as you slightly nudge the device as you fly oh, past great. it. Your effort was to go like a mile away from it, but instead, boom, you hit it. Bonk. Give it just a little bit of motion, and uh, you have come to a stop. I am gonna glare real hard at Albus. Albus glares back, but you can't tell he's <laughs> <laughs> It's three points of glaring damage. Okay. It's not respond. it's not working right. How are we going to deal with this problem? And I keep looking at Albus. What? But what? then I look at the package that's outside. <laughs> what? what? Why is it Why is it not flying the way it's supposed to? It'll take time. Are you bristling with any kind of electronics or are you completely covered in pasty white skin? <clears throat> no, it's a gray skin. Just normal gray skin. skin. Okay. I'm- but you have seen, uh, and when he's moved around a little bit, there's a little slot you can just barely detect behind his uh, armor uh, that has, he has a... a your USB a, into it? <laughs> he has a sorium power days. source, <laughs> similar to what's inside your uh, your rig you around that you wear your vest with all your different cool gadgets and stuff. He's got that inside of his body. Augie at a distance keeps examining the port whenever he gets <laughs> there. <laughs> Albus, um, are, are you prepared to deal with this? What? What? Deal with what? This package outside. Oh, there's a package outside. It's a bomb. It's gonna, <laughs> if it goes off, then it will contaminate a bunch of stuff in really bad ways. Were, were you not debriefed on this situation? So, uh, go ahead and handle that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here. <laughs> I, I was just told there was, uh, that there was some mission that may be my, my natural... Uh, abilities would be good for. Augie uh, pokes at you. <laughs> yeah, can we give him like all the information you found? Augie uh, pokes at you, and your skin is uh, resilient to the effects of uh, some radiation. Yes, I'm also uh, uh, I'm also resistant to poison and disease, and I'm a Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly why we need you. Uh, you'll be the only one who could get close enough. And you'd be dexterous enough to handle anything that uh, might come up. Okay. Uh, just observe and report. Observe and report. Yes, I can do that. Uh, I do wonder, can you breathe? Well, yes, I'm biomechanical. I sleep and breathe and eat. I think he means... I just have to Can you survive in the vacuum of space? I don't think so. <laughs> I've never done space. <laughs> Wait, I'm screaming. <laughs> well, let's try. <laughs> uh, you can't. You need oxygen to breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I didn't bring a spacesuit big enough for him? Yeah, do uh, we have a spacesuit big enough for him? He brought his own. Yeah. <laughs> he shops at the it's big a and <laughs> It's a onesie. Uh, Coach will help you uh, suit up. 
and then uh, glances at you, kind of gives you a up and down, like once over. So you're only three. Are you, are you full grown? I'm full grown. Yeah. Uh, As you're putting on his you're foot. You're a big motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> putting uh, on his one. What's that? I don't. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> oh my god! I can't imagine Tim doing this for so long. Ghost puts the helmet on and gets the voice out of his head for yeah. a brief moment. <laughs> yep. Gives him a pat and uh, flips the propeller. Sends, sends him on its way. All right. Uh, you are exiting the uh, your spaceship, and okay. you have on your suit some limited jets that you can control yourself. Okay. And can head over towards the device. Um, it's several hundred yards away, and yeah, you but we pushed it with our ship. <laughs> yeah. And you start gently bonk, bonk, blasting bonk. over in that direction. As you do so, you can detect some warning signals on your suit that's giving you an, a radiation hazard warning, and then it's saying dangerous, dangerous, and then it's saying you know limit exposure to no more than one hour, and then as you get closer, no more than five minutes, and, and then it just deadly, deadly. And you just don't, canceled the warning. <laughs> <laughs> you don't seem to feel <laughs> anything much at all as you close in on this device. You get close and come to a stop and just how strange your three years of existence are that you're now just slowly floating in space. Behind you is this big blue world. Around you is some traffic off in the distance. There's space stations hours and days away throughout the system and solar arrays over there and different businesses and mining operations. And there you are just floating. Wow. The gun turrets on the uh, uh, Vesper slowly <laughs> <laughs> You guys are really far away now. Can you hear me? We can hear you. What do you see? Oh, I, I see this. I see this box. Take, uh, make two different investigation rolls for me. Twelve. Nine. Okay. You start to look at this device, you cannot sense any concept behind any bomb or detonation that they've talked about. That that you just completely disagree with. Is there uh, like a video feed? Sure. Okay. Uh, Nogi, you I'm not going to turn it on. Just, <laughs> just checking. Okay. Uh, no, I turn it on. It's right, on. And Augie, you can see there's absolutely a detonation style uh, device in here that'll spread the contamination more. But you are able to detect that this is not a disruption navigational device. This is an enhancement to a navigational device. That's why you guys have not had too much trouble finding this location. This this says this looks more like a navigational device than a bomb. Mm. Could it be both? I suppose it could. And who is on sensors? That would be. Devin. Devin, make a computer's roll, and uh, Albus, you can also make a different computer's roll. Hmm. Eight. Three. All right, you guys are fine. Derek. <laughs> Devin just starts, like, backing up a little. <laughs> Did you see that flash of light? <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you want me to do with it? Get it away wow. from us. Do, do you want me to open it? Nope. <laughs> what are you Very pressing buttons? 
definitely no. Uh, looking through the video feed, mm-hmm. uh, is there a way to detach the biocontaminant chamber from the detonator? No, but you can see a way that it might be able to be disabled from uh, the, uh, the 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 device from exploding if tampered with. You can see some uh, access port in a way to possibly. Uh, not have this thing detonate, but it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. <clears throat> we don't know Albus that well. The ship starts moving <laughs> further away no from time you, Albus. To develop a connection to him. <laughs> the ship does start Tim, moving away. Please get your third character ready. <laughs> <laughs> He's not immune to an explosive or anything that might be biological. We don't know that. <laughs> It's science, damn it. We need to test. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to put him in danger. Well, though he is floating in radiation presently. It doesn't seem like touching it sets it off necessarily. No. And it doesn't seem as though it's going to erupt right now. We could take the very, very dangerous idea of bringing it onto our craft and bringing it somewhere below. Is there a way to move it? far enough away um, that it, were it to detonate or be detonated, that it is not a danger to uh, the surrounding area. Augie, you believe that that would trigger it unless that trigger is stopped first, if there's movement, other than what you guys have already, already done. done. <laughs> You've already pushed it to the limits. We may have been lucky, but if I think if it moves, we may be in trouble. We may have to disarm it on the spot. We will have to. But once it is disarmed, if it is moved away, we can detonate the device and it will be safe. Uh, Maybe, but this is not my area of expertise. I look around at everybody else and look right back at (laughs) Augie. Why why did someone leave this here? Uh, I don't know, Augie. We can only assume it's, it's a trap for someone, maybe us. What? Why would someone do that? We're prophets. We're good guys. I don't think it's about us. I think it's about somebody else. And we're Seriously. just trying to keep it safe. It, uh, did I hear that correctly? That it is an enhancement to navigation? It will bring, like, allow us, like, somebody in drift space to get to this, this spot quicker? That's what it looks like to me. I mean, there are plenty of both good and nefarious things that could be accomplished with such a device but the added biological agent makes me feel it is more nefarious i agree you think it would give us spidey senses (laughs) superpowers Uh, not with the amount of radiation who knows but i don't think it would be safe for any of us except for albus albus uh, Albus is like maneuvering himself kind of around all six. It's a box. It's a. It's like a longish cigar shaped, okay. uh, about four feet, five feet long. He's he's just gently maneuvering himself around it and looking it over and trying to use Esper Sense to see if he detects anything. All right. So you start to. What does that look like when you're dealing with Esper Sense? Um. 
Ah, <laughs> his eyelids just closed, and and so it's like almost he's trying to tap into a a, a non a non tangible sense. Okay, you use your esper sense abilities. You feel no tingling sensation, and nothing at all about this is connected to any esper abilities. Okay. All right, I don't say anything. All right. Do we think have anything that can close it? If it does explode, it would keep it from contaminating elsewhere. I thought maybe in the container, but it may ruin the container. It destroy the container. It may. We can't leave it here. There is a way to disable it. I'm just trying to find out if it can be done relatively safely. Hmm. And Augie starts pouring over some technical schematics and all right you have some rough idea of how albus might be able to do it if he follows your directions to the letter <laughs> well albus <laughs> hi augie <clears throat> i have some instructions for you to follow okay i'm good at that let's begin <laughs> oh no <laughs> Uh, August uh, takes out a, a, a pseudo workbench that he's brought along and very carefully starts uh, animating a process of going through and and uh, working, you know, creating a model and working okay. this situation out. All right. You've got some rough idea of how Albus might be able to approach it. You pass along the instructions of essentially how to get into the main casing area without triggering anything. And you pass those along, and Albus, you are ready to dive right in. You jet a little closer to it so you can reach out and touch. And as you do so, a greenish light starts to blink on it before you even touch it. The light flashes, flashes, flashes. There's a light blinking on here. Going to follow through with these steps. Okay. Uh... Seeing what the flashing is, uh, can I determine what it's connected to or how it's responding? Uh, you, or why it's responding more? Sure. more. Uh, you look at the video feed Albus is providing, and then shoom, your feed is totally blocked and turned and tumbled. As Albus, you are struck by a vessel that arrives out of drift space right at this spot. It collides with you, and you are knocked and sent tumbling, and you take just one point of bludgeoning damage, and you go spinning through the area. Are we all aware of this? You can see, because you got your ship pointed in that direction outside your big cockpit window, you can see a vessel arrive. It is... <laughs> Catherine just X'd out all this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a vessel arrived. It is smaller than yours and moving fast and turning. And then a second one arrives and it is also uh, turning and they are turning away from you. Catherine and Kosh, get on your guns, I was, please. Oh, I was in the cockpit the whole time, or the, the, turret the, the gunner's whole time? seat the whole okay. time. Uh, and sensors make a computer's roll with advantage, Devin. Good, I freaking need it. Uh, Catherine also might need to man the ship and not the gun. <sighs> sure. As our pilot is 11. 11. You don't get too many information, too much information the about pilot, these yeah. ships as you do a quick look and scan, but you are able to determine that these are Legion ships. 
ships from a large uh, opposing nation of big genetic strong dudes. You, uh, you and the, essentially the Alliance and the Legion were at war for several years. That ended a couple decades ago, but things are still very uh, shaky peace. Uh, this is unheard of that they would be in here, and they are turning and flying towards the shipping lanes right now. That shipping lane that was Couple right here. Quick question. Sure. Uh, is this a violation of the whatever treaty or we have uh, with the Legion that has stopped the war that we're actively on? Like, are we authorized to kill these ships uh, based off treaties and whatnot? If they do anything hostile, yes. They're allowed in... Alliance territory? They are allowed, though it's highly suspect, and they would probably be essentially pulled over if they were seen. But um, it's not a destroy on site. Okay. You also detect... They did just hit one of our... They members. did just. Yeah. assaulted an officer. <laughs> uh, you also detect one, two, three, four ships about 45 minutes away, deeper towards the star of the system, heading towards a facility orbiting that star. Also Legion ships? Uh, you believe so. That's your situation. What do you guys want to do? <laughs> so what did, what did, uh, what did Albus, like when all this happened, it's Talking about what Albus experienced. You got hit, you got knocked, you go spinning, you're trying to figure out what happened. As you're spinning, you're trying to get some stabilization towards your, with your thrusters on your suit, you're able to stabilize and you see this ship, which is a small ship, but much bigger than you, uh, turning. It's almost like a giant whale just splashed down right in front of you and it's turning away and uh, is uh, flying away. And then you realize it just came out of drift space to get here almost right on top of you. Are comms still up? Uh, yeah. Th those are lesion ships. I'm gonna- They shouldn't be here. Try to flag down the ship. Okay. I'm gonna try to get communication to the ship. You gotta go over to your communications console at the bridge. You f fly over to that seat and start hailing them. What do you say? Say, uh, there is a, a uh, potentially dangerous package where you are. We want to make sure you're safe. We are the prophets. Please uh, back out of the area in case something goes wrong. And Elvis is trying to ships? maneuver oh, back towards that beacon where he was. Okay. It'll take you a little bit, but you start making your way over there. Are you okay? I'm fine. Uh, they, they hit me a little bit. <laughs> you got hit by a freaking ship. <laughs> we have a band-aid for you when you get back. Is the package okay? It seems to be. I'm heading back towards it now. Devin, you can see of those other ships that I mentioned, they are closing in on a solar array that orbits the star here. There are three that are even smaller than the ones that are closest to you now. And then there's one that's much larger than your ship. Okay, I know I'm not in the communication seat, but can I, do I have exterior comms? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to call up the patrol boats. Um, and w this is Devin Police of the Prophets. We have Legion ships that are entering the shipping lanes and several that are heading towards the solar array at location 1545 23.23. <laughs> it's 2-4, but okay. <laughs> Correction. <laughs> yeah, uh, Roger that, Vesper. We see the two right here, right on us. We're moving to intercept. 
They're firing, you hear him say, and you can see those two ships that just arrived are firing at uh, the few remaining transport vessels that are coming out of the planet. I open up. Okay. Make I don't a... Know what I need to do here. <laughs> they are uh, at uh, a long range for your weapons, so you're going to roll a disadvantage. You're going to roll... Uh, you have proficiency in ship weapons? Yes. Okay, so it's two plus your dexterity modifier. And a friendly uh, pop-up for the engineering daily pops oh, up. <laughs> Make it a four yeah. Thank you for subscribing. <laughs> yeah, it's outside your range. You start firing the spray of uh, energy at them. See if you can get them. Uh, minus. Oh, damn it. <laughs> damn pop-up. <laughs> Uh, 16. 16. That's you cool. spray and you hit the right aft of one of the ships and damage them. Uh, not significantly, but you do get a hit on them. They do not change course and they are doing long range fire at uh, some of the uh, civilian vessels. From that rough lane, it's kind of a, a rough exit point to get out of the gravity well of the, of the planet where all this traffic kind of disperses a bit, almost like a like a shotgun blast. These different vessels will get away and then they'll all drift out. Some are now doing emergency to rush that process faster. And then cutting through there are two patro uh, patrol boats from your uh, planet that are racing to intercept these vessels as well. Uh, Augie, Catherine, what would you like to do? I'm working specifically with Albus to okay. disarm this device. Okay. Same manner, just focus conversation. I'm working this model and trying to step him through. You see the device getting bigger and bigger and bigger in your view as Albus <laughs> is returning to the spot and he stops. You ask him to look around the other side. He rotates around and you can see that the device is no longer powered. You disabled it. I, I did. It's, it seems to be powered off. We may be in a bit of luck. I have to I be honest with you, I didn't disable it. <laughs> <laughs> and Catherine, there's been no response. Months. All right. Uh, I'm just going to say, why are you here? Why have you shown up here? We've heard nothing about you coming. And if there's no response, I'm going to run to one of the other guns. Okay. You get out of the communication console, leave the bridge, and start heading to the middle of the bottom of the ship, uh, middle top of the ship. So Devin looks around. He's basically in the cockpit Alone. by himself at this point. Yes. I shrug mm -hmm. and 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 head over towards the <laughs> towards the captain's chair. All right. Chair. There's a wiggly bit over here. Some sort of knob that pulls out over here. Sterling sphere, please help. <laughs> and I'm gonna jam on the controls and. Start heading the ship straight towards the two um, Legion vessels that are firing on the. Does Albus get like dragged behind? He's. I mean, he's, he's not attached. He's not even how, attached. How much air is he? How, how much time wise? How much air does he have? Uh, Albus got like two hours. Okay. I will keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> but not that heavy. <laughs> Albus, can you hear me? Hi, hi, Devin. Hi. We will be back. <laughs> Where are you going? Probably. Get, keep it. Keep focus on your task. Uh, you, you launch the engine forward. It responds too well. It's like a sports car in a new driver's hands. Uh, you need to make a vehicle piloting roll. It's your proficiency. You have proficiency in it? New? Oh. <laughs> All right, just your dexterity modifier. 19. Woo! Yeah. Devin. Sarah Lansbury definitely helped. 
gets it going. Your ship launches forward. Uh, Augie, you are tossed to the ground, and Catherine, you fall out Hold of on. the short ladder <laughs> that you were climbing up. Oh. Uh, the uh, inertial compensators weren't there enough to counter Devon's dramatic acceleration. But hey, Epo's back. <laughs> <laughs> but the Vesper flies really, really fast and starts to close in and putting you guys at uh, normal range for your weapons. Kolsch, you may attack again if you'd like. Uh, disadvantage no. still. Thank you. Hmm. Uh, 24? 24. Total? Total of 24? Let me find it here. Why, there we go. Roll, if you would, uh, a d8 for damage. One. One point of damage. All right. So mm. the bad news is you did minimal glancing below. The good news is from now on, you've figured out the targeting system of this uh, uh, quad gun, quad gatling. You get plus one to hit with this weapon. It's designed to hit targets very easily, unlike your other one. Which brings us to the other one. Catherine, you have climbed in, strapped yourself into the seat. The turret rotates into position. You have this long range weapon pointed short range at these at these ships. Uh, mm -hmm. You see Kolsch hit one and you may attack as well. Hey. Uh, you are at minus two to hit as this is not an accurate weapon. Mm. 12. 12. Do you I add something? You just subtract something. You're going to subtract two because it's not an accurate weapon. You're going to add your proficient in the weapons. Yes. So you get to add your proficiency plus your dexterity modifier. Okay. Then it is a 14. 14. There is a big whop and a huge, massive shot goes extremely far and hits the vessel that Kolsch has been hitting. You need to roll a d12 for your damage. Ooh. My like first, first ever rolling a d12. Really? <laughs> you hit the ship you know you thought initially you missed because you see this beam go out for miles and miles and miles and miles and then you realize no it pierced through the vessel and then the rear section of it separates from the front section of it and one of those legion ships breaks in two the rear section with the engines then pops and erupts in an explosion and that explosion then catches the front section as well and it's a big exploding mess good shot kid don't get penisy <laughs> <laughs> I it's, don't think that's how that phrase goes. Don't get, don't get rooster-like. <laughs> uh, Alvis, you're just watching all of this. You're just watching all this chaos out there. Uh, but yeah. there's not much you can do to that. Augie, you're able to do or say anything you need. You're still in your workshop. I'm still in my workshop. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm heading back down to uh, the engine. Uh, to uh, see if I can calibrate it further, okay. as I had screwed up, I mean, and I had some, him through the... I had some brilliant ideas. All right, yeah. you race down to engineering. Uh, there needs to be another piloting roll. Sweet, Devin. <laughs> Twelve. Twelve. With a natural twenty, the other vessel is able to lose you as it flies past in between the two patrol craft. So they. All three of those ships just go shoo, right past each other. 
you dodge one of the patrol craft and they exchange fire and the one of the patrol craft is uh got hit is still functional though and they're trying to turn back around so you did not necessarily help get into a great position your weapon folks can attack again uh Kolsch, you can attack with disadvantage you've uh, you're outside of your normal weapon range um and Catherine, you can shoot normal right Dude, can I use my uh, my dice? My uh, I, your stunt, stunt dice? dice? I sincerely doubt it. What's the ability? Well, no, I mean just uh, when you make a weapon attack. No, uh, that's against the creature. Okay, no, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just wanted to check. Sure. I'm anxious to use those. Um. Ooh, uh, 15. 15. You, the last shift that's remaining here is struck. Do your damage of 1d8. 7. 7 is a big hit. You hit their, one of their two engines and damage it badly. And so, Devin, you'll have an easier time. And Catherine, you can make another shot if you'd like. Okay. I think she's just going to take it out now. So yeah, I'm hopefully. Mm-hmm. Not an easy weapon that's to hit with. a... To win 19. 19 is another hit. How much damage do you do? You just need to do three or more. It's very bouncy. Nine. Nine. There is another long rail of energy that goes blasting out, and you pierce that vessel, and it erupts in a huge, cool Robotech explosion, and pieces and debris go flying everywhere. Doesn't do any of them hit, Elvis. <laughs> no, thankfully he's back some distance. We must collect Albus and then get to the solar array where the other ships are going to, I assume, attack it. You see the two patrol craft are trying to race over to two civilian vessels that have been damaged by the fire. Not your fire, Catherine, <laughs> yeah. in particular. Uh, but the rail just keeps going, <laughs> killing ships. Uh, but you see some damaged ships that they're flying over to help out with. Uh, is it just the two patrol vessels flying around? That you see right now, yes. This is all happened very quickly. Uh, uh, Augie puts out a, a call to emergency services to have a has-ready v- vehicle to collect this container and move it out okay. of the lane. You send out that message. But what are we doing? What are we doing, Augie? Oh, we're going to get you back on this ship for one. Okay. If the device is rendered inert, then... Oh, we'll be fine. Okay. Well, it, according according to volume 1, sec, chapter 1, section 4-1, subparagraph A3, I believe this is a violation of the treaty between Nova Alliance and the Legion. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> Devin, are you swinging back around? Um, yeah, sure. Or you can just leave this character behind. <laughs> 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 well, I'm I'm hoping that somebody else competent comes up and pilots the vessel, but until then, right. I'm in charge, so I suppose. Albus is instead of heading back towards the device has just turned around and you just see him like Shh, Actually, I do have just a slowly and just slowly shooting through. Right. I mean, it's the device is powered down, but I mean, is it really inert at this point? Like I, I'm making the assumption that the device is disabled according to what I've been given. Or is it just like reset? You gotta trust Augie on this. Okay. <laughs> 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 
Catherine, um, you said you were racing back up to the bridge? I'll race up to the bridge, but as I'm doing it, I'll be like, you're doing a great job. I think you're doing excellently. Let's go back and get our, our new compatriot and it, give him a little inspiration. You have an inspiration die. Uh, fake the Esper, you are here, and <laughs> Devin, <laughs> Devin uh, Source, sorry, uh, thank the Source that you are here, and then Devin just stand, just gets yeah, out of the keep, cockpit. Keep going, keep going. Uh, okay. <laughs> Did you say thank the Devin? No. Thank the Devin. Oh. Okay. All um, right, Devin gets out. Catherine pushes you back into the seat. You, um, you don't need to a make a idea. You don't need to make a roll right now. You okay. can hold on to that inspiration. Right. Uh, Albus, you see the Vesper turns around in another wide arc and comes towards you, coming towards you pretty fast. Still pretty fast, coming <laughs> towards you, and then it starts to slow down <laughs> rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> and you see this grinning robed idiot in the cockpit window just like looking at you like, woo, look what I can do. And well, by gr- if by grinning you mean grimacing. Yes. <laughs> and a rat-like hand holding out going, I got you. <laughs> you are able to fly to the airlock and you are uh, you are hit hard by uh, anti-disease radiation atmospheric agents to make sure you're not bringing any contamination on board. Okay. And you're on safely. As soon as he is on board, though, Devin powers the engines full full speed and starts heading towards the solar array. Okay. Sets it on autopilot and then goes back to the sensors. Is there anyone Sorry. helping me get out of my suit? Uh, Augie would be doing that. I've never been to space. Have you been in space before? Yes. It's kind of neat. Yes, I have. Mm. <laughs> That's yes, my first time. <laughs> and it's... I disrobe the... The uh, robot. And while I'm doing that, I'm inspecting even closer the port that okay. I have access Would to. Would that now. suit be contaminated? I think we decontaminated okay. it. Yeah. yeah. You got bathed it's mostly, in the foam. It's mostly. <laughs> It'll get stuck in any fur or any residual stuff. This doggy helps him out. <laughs> the fur starts falling out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call you patches from three. now on. <laughs> Stage three radiation poisoning. <laughs> oh, the horror. Why That's are you falling apart, Augie? <laughs> <laughs> Women like me both. <laughs> yeah, you're just like bald and skinless. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> <Kinda> chill. <laughs> uh, Albus, what are you doing on board the vessel? Um, you are out of your suit. I'm heading back up towards the cockpit. I guess. Okay, you are there, uh, Catherine. You're standing next to the. And I'm just trying to like, just because you know it seems like we are in and out of pilots a lot. I'm just trying to like instruct Devin so that next time he feels more confident, I'm like, yeah, that's a good job. Now just go flick that thing. Awesome job, buddy. Over here, yeah. Look at this thing. You put up a sign-in sheet for the cocktail. <laughs> I'll just walks up and just. Hi, okay, I'm back. <laughs> just like picks Devin up. <laughs> De- I thought I, Devin set it on autopilot and is over in the sensor uh, seat again. He's gone. So you're taking the seat, Elvis? <sighs> okay, so yeah, Elvis sits down. All right, you sit down and you, the ship is uh, heading towards the solar array. Uh, the sensors that you p- are using, Devin, you can detect that the other vessels have all docked at that array. And are they Legion vessels, definitely? You need to make a computer roll, please. Where are we going? It looks like we're following those vessels that have come in uh, unexpectedly. Roger. (laughs) 26. 26. Thank you for the inspiration. You were able to pinpoint the sensors over there. You were able to detect just like the vessels you just destroyed. They are of Legion manufacture, but not Legion marked. You could almost think of them as similar to you guys. 
where you can, you know, go to different parts of space, but you can absolutely tell this is Legion manufactured. It has a bulky, heavily armored style, uh, and the weaponry would definitely fire was Legion origin as well. Okay. Oh, you got 26. Yeah. You see there are three small and fast ships that have docked at that big solar array. And there is one large ship that is a transport ship. What is, I mean, what's, what's the solar array actually? Like, I mean, obviously it's a solar array, <laughs> but I mean, what's it like any information about that? Like, uh, make a crude, uncrewed. Make a lore roll. <clears throat> um, 18? 18. You know just a little bit about it. The tech isn't your forte, but you know that it's some sort of science work. They do tarnishing the power of the sun. Mm -hmm. uh, you're not sure what the function is, and there are uh, it's manned. Okay, it is manned? Yep. Yeah. This is not good. What's not good? <clears throat> that is a science array, and the, there is a transport ship. I assume they are taking the these stealing these scientists and whatever research they have from yes, us. Not good. Uh, August goes down to the engine room and starts again reworking the calibration for the uh, engine. All right. The you systems. think there's a way you might be able to get some extra power to help cover the distance. Is this a bit, it's like a 45 minute flight. Uh, make an engineering roll, please. Engineering roll. I'm good at these. <laughs> uh, a 13. All right. What's that? I said just like Tim and his pi piloting rules. <laughs> uh, with 13, you are wrong and not able to find any additional power whatsoever. I just haven't found it yet. Yes. Good <laughs> attitude. Your ship flies through space as fast as you can with a pilot who just asked, where are we going? And recently before that said he'd never been in space before. <laughs> <laughs> but he's three. <laughs> knows where all the controls are, has everything moving in line, is double checking things, gets out the manual again, make sure everything's being followed to the correct procedures. And you race. Time slips by, precious moments. Everyone just chomping at the bit, trying to you get can't there. You can use a drift drive to jump this short of a distance, can you? Uh, no, that would be weirdly disastrous to enter drift space to try and get back to the same location. That would be strange. Okay. All right. Yes. That's interesting. It's out of the box thinking. Yeah, that's way outside <laughs> the box thinking, but it's not intended for that. Okay. Uh, halfway th there, there are emergency 911 signals being broadcast from the, uh, Pavel array is the name of the place. Hmm. On comms, I suppose. What's that? Put them on comms. Uh, there's no, it's an automated emergency distress beacon. Obviously. <laughs> we're on, we know you're in distress. We're on the way. And like 25 minutes later, we're still like. So close. Traffic's a little bad. <laughs> uh, you race there as quick as you can and are approaching this array. You are close to the star. It is a orangish yellow star. You are getting some thermal readings, Augie, and engineering on the exterior hull. It's within toleration limits, but it's definitely uh, a lot of energy being emanated and toasty out there. Okay. And uh, as you get close, you see this is an array that has tons of 
strange circular and hexagon shaped uh, solar panel type things that are collecting a lot of this. And you see two of them are being moved uh, inside. And it's kind of a, a loose semicircle, kind of a wide U-ish shape. And so there are uh, arrays on the outside and then there's uh, labs and quarters and stuff on the inside, the general concept. There are several different docking ports, and uh, there are these other vessels here. Are they all docked? They are all docked. If I may make a suggestion, uh, we should attempt to disable the transport. That is what is likely um, has our our people on it. How to disable? That, that, that is like, as far like as my disable, suggestion. Disable, disable? <laughs> <laughs> like not destroy, but prevent from fleeing. I have an idea. And then he just keeps piloting along. What's what's your idea? Well, why don't why don't I just park behind it? Simple but effective. I'm on board. That's pretty good. Does space have a behind? Though? Like, isn't there also like up and down? It would need to. If he's stuck, yeah. he should yeah. need yeah. to go at back least a hundred feet back to get clear of the station before it could start to move. All right. Good good idea. Elvis. But how do we get Thank in? Thank you. Mm. We'd have to spacewalk in. <laughs> Moonwalk in. Should we? <laughs> I've been in space before. I think I can do it. Should we take out these little ships? Eager to fire more guns. <laughs> it, there is a risk that they could uh, harbor our, our personage on it, but it is perhaps small. Let's use your best discretion. <laughs> uh, let, let's at least um, fire defensively. Yes. Do we have any kind of surprise? Do they know we're coming? Yep, it's called surprise. my cannon. <laughs> <laughs> You're so, rapidly approaching this facility. You can see there is a section of glass that covers the top, the whole section. It's not glass, whatever cool space glass is. Uh, that covers it almost like a segmented uh, dome much top. It's called cool space glass. Yeah, <laughs> uh, all along the top. So you can kind of see in a little bit as you're flying. You're still some distance away, but you can see there are fires, uh, two different fires going on inside. Uh, can August uh, or anyone really uh, access the internal network for surveillance? Not until you get inside. Not until, okay. We'll have to make the this smaller fast. ships. Are they? They're like attack ships. Are they like our ship or? Uh, no, they are not. They are a, a a fifth the size of your ship. Oh, and they just look uh, fast. Okay. Um, how how quickly can would Devin be able to get into a space suit? A minute or two. And would that prevent him from being able to be effectively on sensors? Like, uh, uh no. Okay. So Devin's going to suit up in the meantime, just okay. like maybe leave, leave the helmet off because I want to be able to exit the vehicle quickly. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, Devin's suiting up. Let's get ready to help the other 
ship while being on board. So what's the plan? I still have you approaching, you're close, you're seeing some of this stuff. I think it's really, really clear that we don't have a plan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why do you keep asking, what, what is this plan you speak of? Tactical plan by committee goes perfectly well. Well, it looks like there, there's fires raging in there. We have innocent people. We, sh- we sh- should probably dock and See if we can help them. If I can get on the vessel, I can put the fires out. That will not be an issue. Is there a rear entrance to the uh, rear hatch to the uh, transport vessel? Um, no. Nothing like that. If I can get on the vessel, I can make people feel calm while they they burn to death. (laughs) If I can get on the vessel, I can kill bad guys. (laughs) Sounds like a plan. <laughs> so we Alba. have everything covered. <laughs> Alba steps in. Everyone's on fire! <laughs> so happy! Oh, we're well, okay with it. <laughs> Quit taking my lines. <laughs> you don't have to say anything. Just stand there. Like... <laughs> well, Albus, what do you want to do? You're piloting the ship. Uh, Albus is still... How close are we yet? You're as close as you want to be. You guys are going to start oh, yeah. circling this place. Albus, Albus like, is coming up to the rear end of that docked transport ship. Okay. And just like, just, just, just kisses. All just right. nudges the end. Uh, you, if you're just going to kiss it, you need to make a piloting roll, please. All right. God. The pop-ups have all been disabled at this point. Okay, so no more, no, more, no more minus force. No more minus force. Okay. Not going to need it. Is, this, is the uh, Cyrilon <laughs> sphere? No, don't worry about okay. that. All right. 10. 10. You are able to. You're able to. It's, kiss a, your it's goal. a forceful mouth kiss. <laughs> <laughs> no! That's some that's like Way too much time. Yeah. <laughs> a slobber in anticipation. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had a traumatic Wait, childhood. <laughs> so you do come to a stop. It's like the, it's like the aunt that, like. Like has to kiss you on the mouth no matter what. And oh, like, why? Oh, Come on. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, but there is a little bit of a grinding noise as you gently, quote unquote, gently kiss the backside. I'm sure that they'll buff out. <laughs> uh, but you've come to a stop. You're not attached to it. You're not attached to the station. What do you want to do? We're here. <laughs> <laughs> He's learning. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, August jumps into his suit and begins uh, filing up for the exit of the craft. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You are joined by no one. <laughs> there. And I'm ejected out in yeah, the space. I mean, like. Surprise that Devin, who was so excited a minute ago. Wait. <laughs> wait. He likes to look the part. I, I have just, a plan. I just want to assess something. The when looking into the space glass yes. from from our ship, are there people also in that? In you couldn't the, see. Okay, so I mean, Devin will go ahead and launch himself into space. Should, as quick should as we as not as just dock our ship and get to the transport from inside? Is, is there a way to <laughs> dock to dock ship to ship? You don't see a a way to okay. do that, and you don't have any attack pirate boarding. Capabilities. All right. Well, oh. that is something we'll have not, to. Not work yet. On. There's a new. Sh- <laughs> because we are preventing the transport from being. Oh, I understand. Leave. No, I, I. Yeah, it's a choice of do you want to do that 
but make weird rules environmentally to get on board this situation, or do you want to just get on board the situation and not block them? And have them potentially escape. Augie's all for blocking. Blocking. Get back in our ship and follow. I mean, I don't know. Sending a couple people out, because either way, we're probably going to have to split up. Mm. We can leave our... pilot ready. Right. I mean... I don't think... I like. I'm just... I eject myself into space. Space! <laughs> yeah. Devin and Catherine are just gone, <laughs> tumbling. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I think I needed a suit. <laughs> I should have brought jits. Um, August is bringing uh, uh, tools. More importantly, a hull cutter of some kind to... A, a hull cutter. A hull cutter okay. to gain access to... I'm just going to look for the port. The, the Like, uh, there's got to be some sort of exterior... Like Mandor or something. Into the station? Yeah. There is. Uh, Kolsch, what were you doing? Albus? Well, uh, uh, Albus, are, are you going to stay here or are you going to go out? What, what do you need me to do? Well, if we're not docked anywhere, we should probably keep a pilot aboard. Okay. I, I can. Albus was just at that moment um, putting it in autopilot part mode. You can absolutely hold Put this the position. Emergency um, on. And yeah, so he's giving it just a minute amount of forward thrust just to keep it positively embedded All right. in this other ship. You've got coordinates locked in. It will not move from this position. It, it, it's not going anywhere. Mm, okay. Um, <laughs> soon, um, Kolsch suits up. Bye-bye, Vesper. Uh, <laughs> Kolsch suits up and, and heads out the, the lock. And Albus. Albus as well. All right. This is my second time in space. <laughs> You're going to tell us every single time. Spatially <laughs> learns about other life functions. <laughs> oh, no. oh, There's another thunk, thunk, as more profits are ejected out <laughs> of the airlock. Whee! It's like more of a potato gun we, we, than an airlock. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't oh, figured out the settings. The pressure yeah. settings are not set right. <laughs> and the five of you are kind of spiraling around, trying to find each other, Orient, and you all start closing in on the station in your little pseudo jetpack environment suits. And we'll stop there for tonight. A surprise guest star appeared in the middle of the episode. So Tim and I had talked about Epo and what Tim wanted to do with him. Going through that conversation in the previous episode with Captain Valencia and and what would Epo want to do? Would he want to uh, change and adapt and try and find that profit core uh, ethic uh, core that, that's needed for them? Would he rebel against it? And Tim said, you know, I don't think Epo would go that route. He would just decide this isn't for me. And so that was Tim's choice. And then we thought about with some other options and he came up with this new character idea. And we didn't tell any of the players this whatsoever. We worked on the idea, we got together and uh, recorded his character creation. And we did this like a week in advance. We told everyone Tim wasn't gonna be able to make it. So it would just be the rest of us playing. And it, it kind of worked out cause Epo was being demoted and everyone well, it was a little sad Tim wouldn't make it, but it made sense. Some were even asking him, hey, you sure you can't make it tomorrow? And he's like, no, no, no. Little did they know he was waiting for his cue to come in. So I told Tim I would let him know, give him a little secret little text message, and I would let him know when it was time for him to come in and make his grand entrance as Albus. 
And so it went longer than I thought. There was a lot of preemptive stuff with the players getting all sorts of new information and dealing with the, uh, the satellite uh, in orbit and going back and forth. And Tim was very patient, but they had no idea. And right as the captain says, here comes your, your new prophet, boom, Tim comes in and everyone is just like, oh my God, it's Tim, it's Tim. Which, which was great. <laughs> then we set up the whole uh, uh, Albus is this big, imposing, giant guy. And the moment Albus speaks for the first time, everyone is just floored. Uh, there's just, there's, there's laughter, people holding their heads, shaking it. Uh, it got to the point where we're just in tears. It was absolutely fantastic introduction of a new character. So well job, Tim. For the rest of the adventure, we've got the dangerous forces of the Legion making an attack on Planet Haven, and our heroes are now closing in on that solar array. So thank you to Chris, Tim, Christopher, Seth, and Jillian. Thank you listeners for downloading the show, coming along on our adventures, and all your supportive posts. We really do appreciate it. If you've been enjoying the show, check out patreon.com slash ingloriousbards and consider supporting us. There's some great bonus content on there, including full lost episodes of the show and a ton of other content. What are the Legion doing attacking Nova Alliance space? What will our heroes find on the solar array? And how will the three-year-old Albus fit in with the prophets? Until next time. <laughs>